on episode 45 of Pixel Gaiden. Battle of the System Snowboard Edition. We have some spooky beers. It's time for Tim to do the quiz. What on earth is a Zeta Wing? Cody beats some games. Tim buys some games. And Eric plays some old games. Tim's daughter goes old school. And we play with a really big controller. Stay Stay Buddy. Hey! Woo! Ghosts and goblins. It's and... Halloween today. Wait, no, I, on a previous episode, I heard you saying, This is Halloween. <laughs> this is Halloween. This is Halloween. <laughs> it is October 31st, as of when you are listening to this recording. Mm-hmm. Unless you're a slacker and you download it, and this is like November something now. Yeah, right. Um, welcome to Pixel Guided, ladies and gentlemen. I am Cody Hoffman, one of your hosts. I'm Eric Nelson. And I am Tim Drew. I am a third host. And I'm not on the show yet, but I'll be on very shortly. You will be. How, did, how was my accent on that one? Well, it sounded good. All right. Tim will be with us a little later for catching up uh, a game show we're going to do later, mm-hmm. where I think Tim's setting that. Is Tim setting that one up, or do you take that one? I, he is. He is. I so hope. Tim's going to quiz us. That'll be fun. And then... Um, we also have a battle of the systems with a couple of snowboarding games because we're heading into winter and we're trying to be topical. Um, we are Pixel Guided. We are your number one show for everything retro video game and retro inspired video game related. And beer. And beer. We do like the beer. I do. I like it more and more every episode. It's funny how that works out. <laughs> Eric, how has your October been going since we just started it? It's been going okay. Yeah, 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 it's not too bad, not too shabby. I haven't what picked you, out a costume yet. I, I, I'm Halloween. I mean, I'm not trying to be a bummer. Halloween's got to be my least favorite hol, hol, or holiday. Yeah, I just I don't get the let's just dress up and I don't mind it. But when people get so into it, like they're so excited to do it, I'm like, you can just dress up whenever you want. Like you could, yeah. There's something a little magic about Halloween when you're younger. When I was a young kid, and I would go romp around with my friends and stuff. Well, yeah, but, because girls got away with wearing almost nothing for Halloween and we had to pretend, oh, it's because it's a fun costume and we just... Well, you're talking about later than I... No, I'm talking about when I was a kid. I loved it. Um, <laughs> I, always get, I always get a kick out of that. Well, I mean, not, I mean, at this age now, no, but like in the college and just after college, it's like, cool, I'm going to be a mummy. What are you going to be? I'm going to be a witch, but a sexy witch. Yeah. Like, wait. Yeah. You know, I don't think they say that. They just show up in a witch wearing nothing. And I'm going to be a female Frankenstein, but a sexy female Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. I, I remember as a kid, like, I had to go to a Halloween party, and I had to dress up, and I didn't have any costume. And I, at this point in my life, I was probably my early 20s, I was pretty broke, like, really poor. So 
I just I had a pair of rollerblades because I was part of a hockey team. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to dress up as a hockey player. So like, I go. put on my jersey, my helmet, my stick, and my sh- my. And I went to this party, and everyone was like, "Oh, that's a cool costume." I was like, "Okay, I, I didn't buy anything." I Dude, you even stuff. got the smell right. It smells like you haven't washed exactly. that gear in two years. It, right? That was all true. right. That yeah. was true. Dude, I've smelled hockey gear. It is not appealing. Yeah, it is not. It's funny you mentioned that. Um, we'll get to games very quickly here. Yeah, growing up. I had a very creative, a very artistic mom. I might yeah. have told this story before, but it needs to be told again. As a kid, I didn't realize this, and looking back, I'm frustrated about it. Yeah. I'm like, I want to be a Ninja Turtle. Oh, yeah. Because I'm seven, and seven-year-olds want to be Ninja Turtles. That's right. It's 1989. I want to be a Ninja Turtle. Yeah. We can go to the store and pay 19.99 and get the actual Ninja Turtle costume, which makes me look like Michelangelo, which is who I wanted to be because I felt like a party dude. Right. Michelangelo was the party dude. Yeah. Uh... My mom said, you know what? I could make a better Ninja Turtle costume. And I would go out there with, like, felt with eye holes cut out and, like, literally a black garbage bag on my back shoved (laughs) with, with, like, crumpled up newspaper as a shell. Yeah. And at first I thought it was because my mom didn't want to spend money on the actual outfit. Right. And I think that's part of it. But when I look back at, like, all the stuff she did buy to, like, cut up, she probably spent $20. Yeah, or more, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I looked terrible. <laughs> so thanks for being creative, Mom. Love you so much. Glad I turned out the way I did, because I very easily could have gone wrong with your misleading outfits. Garbage in a half shell. Total power. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Garbage in a half shell. Turtle power. <laughs> oh, that's, <clears throat> that tickled my funny bone. Eric. Yeah. It is the beginning of an episode of Pixel Guide In, which means we need to start with some quick questions. Yep. Quick questions. So, my question to you is, do you remember the first game you ever played online, whether it was uh, PC or console or computer or console or whatever? We touched on this a little bit at last episode because I kind of pointed out I never really played anything online. Okay. Uh, the first one I remember is going to a buddy's house and he was playing Warcraft two oh on pc then right yes okay and i thought that was the coolest thing that he actually was playing online sure because this is still the days of you know that whole thing yeah um that's a modem sound for you youngins never heard of it (laughs) um and i remember being like blown away that we were playing with our buddy across the street. He was literally across the street. Yeah, and, and we, we were just playing online just and he so was, you could. Yeah, they were playing. I was just looking over his shoulder. Yeah. Um, and I love the fantasy theme. So Warcraft was the first one I ever experienced, but the first one I ever actually played that I can remember, honestly, would probably be m- one of my favorite games, which is Heroes of Might and Magic 3. Well, that's a great one. We talked about that before, yeah. Yeah, which is a turn-based strategy game, which came with a nice, thick book. Yeah. And I'll be honest, that game is better first player which is not very often said that's true so i got in college and i convinced my buddy to install it and he started playing it and loved it i'm like dude let's play multiplayer i've never done it let's play multiplayer and we'd finish a turn and i'm like oh dude he actually has to like i didn't realize we both think for like 20 minutes making our turns which means the other person's sitting there doing nothing for 20 minutes like i guess i'll go heat up another burrito and i played that i I did games like that too where the the turns were just like a chess game like yeah, because that, that was my so that leads into my very first uh, computer based one was on my Vic twenty, 
And wow. I got this thing called a Vic modem, which plugged into the back of the Vic 20 and was a 300 baud modem. But you had to unplug the, you dialed it manually, whatever you were going to connect to, and then you had to unplug the cord from your headset and plug it into the back of the modem when you connected. <laughs> and uh, so I would do that. And then I remember there was like some kind of free software that was with the Vic 20 where you logged into a service. And I remember I just used up my minutes because they, they charged you by the minute. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I played a game of chess with somebody, but it was like that. I was wasting all my time waiting for moves to happen with this other player. And that was my first computer one that I remember. And then uh, the console one was not until the PS2. Now, I remember I got okay. the network adapter. Mm-hmm. You remember that? I plugged in the back, and it was like a thing you could plug in and yep. and do that. But I don't remember the game. I thought it... I, I could have sworn it was like Metal Gear Solid, but that one wasn't an online game, I don't mm-hmm. think. I don't know. I don't think so, no. But. So it was some game on the PS2, but I don't remember what game it was. But I remember that was the first console SOCOM? I was it SOCOM? I think it was SOCOM. I remember a military game, but that was the big you know, online that, I, thing. I, I honestly think it was SOCOM. Look at that. I just brought Boom. memories back That's to your right. life. Boom! SOCOM was a big deal. I remember SOCOM. it was like... These five, four or five person military teams, yep. these little skirmishes. That it was SOCOM for sure. That's awesome. Okay. Yep. So those are those are the two games. That's cool. Yeah. All right. My question for you, Eric. Yes. You already answered last episode, but I'm going to ask it. Okay. In case somebody didn't hear last episode. Yeah. Do you by chance have a video game Halloween tradition? I do. I do. Oh, tell so me I, about this. So I am I, completely unaware. So for the last many years, I would. We we just sit there and we give out candy and my kids would go out and they'd circle they'd go through our street our we live in a circle, and they would just go out and do their trick or treating stuff and we would go out with on in the driveway with in a we'd light up a fire pit and we'd drink beer and hand out candy, but up on the porch I would put my mame cabinet and I would load up Nightmare in the Dark yeah which is a Neo Geo game which is very arcade game cool yeah arcade game kind of like Bubble Bobble. And I would just because the the, mu- the music was spooky and excellent, and um, I would just put that on there, and kids would come up and play it. And for the sometimes it would rain, so we wouldn't have a fire pit, and we'd play inside. And I just put it up inside, and we would play it between handing out candy to, to kids. I say you do that again this year, just cover it in sanitizer, <laughs> no, so it's just like gelled. Yeah, I don't maybe think tint it green, call it like Slimer ooze. Yeah. I mean, I don't want Gross. to get all geeky, but my neighbor is throwing a, um, for my kids, he's throwing a, a, a true Dungeons and Dragons game for Halloween night. <laughs> I love it. So my kids are going over there. They, they're going to play Dungeons and Dragons. I'm playing too. His brother, his adult, I'm not, not going to lie. I'm jealous. His, I've, I've wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons with people that actually know what they're doing. Yeah. And this is the first time I'm playing with a DM that actually, he's done numerous games. Yeah. I've seen his setup. He's got these big mats and... I mean, like big plastic mats where you can draw on them and characters. And yep. We're we're doing a full on D and D all night. We're starting at like five and we're going to go till midnight or whatever. We're going to play D and D. Sad all night. that I'm jealous about that, but I'm jealous <laughs> about that. Um, I don't have one. I'll be completely honest with you, but I think I'm going to start one because. Yeah. What are you going to do? Well, I mean, I, there's games. We talked about zombie games in the last episode. <clears throat> yeah. If you want to go back and listen to that, guys, please go do six good zombie games we just covered. Yeah. Um. But there's not a game that I'm like, oh, I have to play this game. I've never been that guy. Like, oh, it's Christmas. We have to watch this movie. Yeah. Like, obviously on TV that we run stuff, but, you you know, it shows up. But I don't have to watch anything. Um, but I really did fall in love with Pumpkin on the VIC-20, mm-hmm. which just happens to be a Future Was 8-Bit game. You can yeah. buy at thefuturewas8bit.com. Yeah. Or actually, was it T F? 
W. I'm really bad at this. A B dot com. Anyways, the future was eight com. Just Google it. Google it. There you go. It'll pop up. Which Tim, of course, is is affiliated, a, affiliated with the future was eight bit and does some some work. Um, yeah. For them and, but I love that game. I don't know if you've played it yet. So this was the first time I was able to load it up. Was building this BMC sixty four machine i i booted into the vic 20 with the memory upgrade and i loaded up pump kit it worked great so i i played it extensively on this machine do you yeah. love it the mount i love it i, I think it's great it. yep it's a fantastic game i love it's it so fun yeah. i don't it's just a little top-down action arcade game but it's just brilliant i love it it's simple and it works great and it's i love it yeah i know i love it too i think that's going to be my go-to halloween game that i i'm gonna have to bust out every halloween i think that'll that'll be my tradition nice Starting perfect. Playing new a new game on a forty year old system. Yeah, why not? Rock and roll. That's perfect. All right, Eric. Well, we don't have errata or feedback this episode. Nope. Uh, not until next month. We're perfect. So we'd love for you. I don't have the button anymore. <laughs> perfect. perfect. I only have a bite. All right. Um, but uh, if you remember last episode, ooh, I already covered errata and feedback. Yes. Um. But we do ask you guys to go ahead and send your thoughts and feedback. And uh, Eric is here to tell you, past Eric is here to tell you a little more about how you can get a hold of us. You can get show information on our podcast at pixelguiden.com. You can also listen to our show on the Amigos Retro Gaming Network at anchor.fm slash Amigos Podcast. You can reach us on Twitter at pixel underscore Gaiden. You can reach me, Eric, at Duh Project, D-U-H Project. You can reach Cody at Oddball, which is at... O-D-D-B-A-1149, or you can reach Tim Drew at Sanction, at S-A-N-X-I-O-N. Please review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or any of the podcatchers that you use. It helps us quite a bit. You can email us at podcast at pixelguiden.com. We love the feedback as well as anything we get wrong. Please let us know and we'll mention it on the next show. Thank you for listening. We also have a Patreon account set up, so if you want to support the show financially, uh, we would recommend that you head on over to patreon.com, uh, Pixel Guide In, and if you do so, you can drop us anything from a dollar or more at the $3 or higher level. We will announce your name on the show in the way we love to do, which we will do right now, using our random adjective generator and our own creative way of saying thank you to our patrons. And this month, we are heading down to the old FM station to hear some smooth jazz. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to KRAP 105.1, your location for smooth jazz. I'm your host, Cody McFly, and as always, we've got an hour uninterrupted, packed with jazz classics for you guys to listen to today. Up first, a nice little number from our favorite trio, the Pixel Brethren, consisting of the incomparable Jim Tessier, the perplexed Henrik Lofel, and the savvy Gary Heather. After that, we have a series of soulful solo vocalists. We're talking about the chiding Dustin Newell, the ludicrous Matthew Ackerman, the gruff Daniel James, and the sizzling Josh Malone. After that, we have a tasty new group of five young gentlemen consisting of a drummer and four bass players. The implicit Eric Sandgren, the experimental David Vincent, the abominable 10-minute Amigo Retrocast, the fluffy David Modelak, 
and the angelic Roy Fielding. After that, it's a spicy little number from one of the hottest and hardest working duets in the country, the tantalizing Mr. Toast and the persistent Team Grey all the way. And rounding out the top of the hour, we have a quintet that's been running their way up the charts, consisting of the benign Maciej Sosnowski, the zesty Paradroid, the luminescent Ramoke Ramoke, the confined Citizen, and the percolating Ant Stiller. You guys have a good night. And always, we want to thank all of our patrons yes, again. Do. You make this happen. You make this magic. That's right, you pay for this. That's right. <laughs> you're the reason. You're the reason. You're the mistake. You're the reason this happens. Uh, but we thank you very much. And uh, uh, again, encourage anyone who wants to to leave us feedback or support the show in some way. It doesn't have to be financially, but um, just interacting with us. That We do this because we love it. We have fun. We're meeting people. We're reaching out. We're kind of spreading our tendrils through the retro community. Eric's already kind of there, but I'm learning here. I'm learning here. You're teaching me. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm your Padawan. That's a nerd reference. Yes. <laughs> Hi, this is Cody. A while back, my viewpoint of Galaga not being a great game was viciously and repeatedly attacked. So, just to continue and make my point, here are a list of a few more arcade game classics that I think are better than Galaga. Um, okay, uh, well, it's a little newer, but Rampage is a good game. I like that one. Um, you can go with something like Pac-Man Jr. is better than Galaga. And let's see, uh, one more. Gyrus. Tune in next month for more classic arcade games that Cody thinks are better than Galaga. And we are back here, Eric and I in the studio. Uh, time for some beer. Yes. Music to my ears. We enjoy beer on this episode. Eric, I'm going to go first on this one now. Okay. Uh, you got a beer for us a little later once Tim joins us, but we got to pregame it. Okay. So I've got a beer. <clears throat> Just like last episode, I found a few beers in the back of my fridge that I had not grabbed because <laughs> I don't know why they ended up back there, Eric. Right. Who I knows? Mean, they must have been delicious, but I, <laughs> I forgot about them. That's right. Um, this is a beer <clears throat> that my wife, who my wife does have very good taste in beer. Sure. She likes very good beers. Good. She also enjoys. My wife's a little bit white trash in a good way. Okay. I appreciate that about her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She also enjoys uh, if we were to buy a 24-pack of Coors Light. Okay. She would enjoy that. Okay. All right. And she also enjoys hazies with me. Okay. Not big on the sours, but she loves a good hazy. Num Num Juice, we talked about last ep- last uh, month. Yeah. One of her favorites. Okay. Uh, but she also does like to buy things based on the label because she thinks they're funny. Okay. I'm willing to try. So, we are going to enjoy this tonight, Eric. All right, so do you mind if I read the label? Please here? do. Two pitchers brewing, Disco Queen, Bubbly Rose Rattler. <laughs> and it's got a picture of a chick that lo- she has a crown on. It's and like a she- 65. Is that the queen? It's like a 65 year old woman wearing like 70s bell bottom jumpsuit 
uh, yeah. purple, but with like a pink feather boa. Yeah, and she has a corgi that's next the, to her with, with skates on. That's the she? queen, right? The queen does corgis. Yeah, I, I guess. I sound like an American. I have no idea what I'm I talking no about. Idea. I'm making this up. And when I say the queen, there's a lot of countries out there with queens. I could be talking about any of them. So this delicious bubbly blend of lager and rosé-inspired fruits... <laughs> Might be the grooviest thing we've ever brewed. Strap on your skates and boogie down. Her Royal Highness is ready to party. I'm ready. I, I suppose I am as well. Um, yeah, this is happening. Yeah. My cold glass is not cold now. No. <laughs> that, that's a fail. It went on too long. Ooh, that is super foamy. It smells like a... Uh, it smells like um, fruit stripe gum. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that zebra fruit striped gum? Yeah. Now listen, fr- fruity beers don't actually bother me. I actually like them. So this this, this has a high chance of being okay in my book. You, All right, you ready? You are positive, Eric. <laughs> I am positivity, Eric. Eric, cheers, yeah. my friend. Cheers. Bing. All right. So Eric's going to take a sip of that bad boy. Now the the foam itself on top is thick. It also does have a. I want to. Maybe I'm imagining it has a slight pinkish hue. I think I might be imagining that. I think but. you're imagining it, yeah. Um, but it is <clears throat> effervescent. It's got a lot of carbonation in it. Lot That's of a very positive term, Eric. Effervescent. Um, <laughs> it. Uh, now I've tasted it. I. I. I actually think the. The fruit flavors are not. Don't slap you in the face, but they're they're pretty subtle. And by fruit flavor, you mean um, the bubblegum <laughs> taste? Do you think it tastes like bubblegum? It tastes like bubblegum to me. Mm. I can taste oh, the rose. Did, no, did that you, ruin it for you? Have you ever, <laughs> have you, no, it, I mean, have you ever had rose? I haven't. I'm not a fan. Okay. I mean, it, we'll occasionally have some bottle at our house for some reason. Yeah, when somebody gifts it to you. Exactly. And, yeah. and uh, I, I honestly don't mind it. It, it. I don't know. I don't want. It's not as sophisticated as a you know a red, as Infidel or whatever. Or Ooh, sophisticated. Nose um, up. Rose is kind of the, you know the. I want to buy a, a giant box of rose. Yeah, I want to buy a box of wine that pleases yeah. all the women that are coming to my house. And uh, that it does. T- this has a lot of flavor of rose for sure. It does. Mm. Eric, I don't like it. <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't like it. As as a beer or as a beverage, I don't care for this. I will say that in, in the month of October so far, all the beers we've had don't taste like beer at all. Like, yeah. There's, we've had three, and they do not taste like beer. Yeah. So, getting, I think we're getting a little too adventurous I will on the save, show. <laughs> I will save us with the next one. Okay, next one is good, good, good. I'll give a little hint. It's an amber it's a ale. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. It's, an amber, it's a red amber ale. That's a good so, safe bet for me. Yeah. I do um, like an amber. I don't, so so let's uh, out of Disco Queens. Yeah, what you doing there? What you doing? Out of sixty-two Disco Queens. Okay, she's roller skating. I thought you might uh, go well, with that. Well, and so was her corgi. Yeah. Out of sixty-two Disco Queens. Yeah. Thirty would be the mm, thirty-one. Would thirty-one be the would be the halfway point. I'm gonna go with twenty-four. Wow. I do not like you it. Really do not. I don't. Like I don't it. hate it. It's like I'll finish this, but I'm not. I don't like it. Really. Yeah, I I could enjoy this if somebody was going to give this to me at a bar. Yeah, I mean obviously I wouldn't be mean. You'd slap them. I would only I would just slap their mama. <laughs> um, no, I. <laughs> um, 
that's a beer that uh, it will take me away from drinking a beer I want to drink. That's fair. So I will not drink it. That's fair. I mean, I can understand. I'd be that. nice about it somehow, but maybe I wouldn't. I don't know. Maybe be a jerk about it. But if someone gave me this in a bar, I'd be now I got to cut you. <laughs> if someone gave me this in a bar, I'd be offended. Let's be honest. <laughs> right. Hey, Cody, I got something you might like. Here's a disco queen. That's already a slap in the face. I'm going to tell you, it's not offensive to me. <laughs> High praise. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say it's offensive, um, but it's not good. I don't like it. Um, I'm going to go a little higher. I think I'm going to give it a, out of 60, what did I say, 62? Yeah. I'm going to give it a 40. Yeah. Give it a 40. I mean, it's, you're right. It's not a it's beer. Drinkable. It's not, it, yeah. Um, kind of refreshing. I just, it. Where did she get this? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. She likes to get things for the funny cans, and then she... on. This is a, just a thing in my household. Yeah. She'll buy things. Yeah. And then... She'll think it's funny, or think it's funny cool, or interesting. Oh, I'm going to try this. Yeah. And then eat exactly one-sixth of it, in this case, one beer. Yeah. And then put it in the fridge, and it's my job to finish everything. Did she not like it? No, she did not like it. She didn't like no. it? Oh, wow. Okay. No. She, we're on the same page with this one. Yeah. I mean, I, listen, I'm not going to say I love it, but, <laughs> but, but I'll definitely drink this and be I'll like, drink oh, it. okay. Nice. I'm going to drink it. It's fine. I have, I've got one more in the fridge, Eric. Maybe, maybe you want to take it home. <laughs> just, huh? Just, just take it home with you Sneak tonight. it into my cooler for the, for the gift, ride home. A little gift for you. A little early, uh, early or late birthday present. I can't remember where. My wife is definitely more of a beer snob kind of, kind of person, and she'll admit that it's a it's a badge of honor for her. Is it? She would slap me if I gave her this. Yeah. Like, what are yeah. you doing? She doesn't like sours. She doesn't like. No, my wife actually is more like that than I am. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, she my wife is like she loves porters, but she'll enjoy Coors Light. Yeah. My wife wants beer to be beer. Yeah. 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 All right. All right, y'all. Well. um... Moving on to this episode of Pixel Guy Den, yeah, we're going to get Tim on the blower here in just a little bit to catch up. Uh, but before that, we're going to do a game show, yeah. which we'd love for the viewers at home to play along. We got a lot of feedback on the last one. I think we had one listener tell us that he almost got every question. There was one that he got um, caught up on. Okay. Because I asked that, uh, to, out to Twitter yeah. if anybody got all the questions right. Um, but I, I didn't see, hear anybody said they got every single one right. But yeah, um, I can almost guarantee you Tim's going to ask me something about Burger Time because he hates Be ready. that. I, <laughs> yeah. I'll just start saying Burger Time for every question. Uh, but before we do that, yeah, because I did something today, um, which I'm very excited about. Okay. Uh, I, I've been wanting to do this for a while, and I was hoping you were going to be able to come with me, but you weren't. Right. Um, and it's, there's an interesting story behind this. So this is kind of catching up before before we start officially catching up. Um, and it's kind of a review. Yeah. So there is a vendor that you and I have purchased things from in the past. Yeah, I've um, done a few things. Yeah, called the Brewing Academy. Yeah. And this is a gentleman in Woodland, California, uh, which is only like a 40-minute uh, drive from here. Yeah. Depending on traffic. Um, and he has been in the hobby for quite some time. Um, his name is Marlon. Yeah. Just a good dude. He's a really good dude. And uh, we bought things from him, and I keep saying, hey, we should go up there and, and check out check out his little establishment, what he's got going on. He said, yeah, come on up. Absolutely, come on up. But I never found time to actually do it. Um, randomly on eBay, and I do sell some things on eBay, somebody purchased from me an Atari 800. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy because they wrote me afterwards and said, hey, I, I, I agreed to buy this from you, but before I send payment... Um, are you willing to send it to this address? And at first, when someone asked me that, I'm like, no, scam. I'm not going to do that. 
But then I looked at the address and it said, we want you to send it to the Brewing Academy in Woodland, California. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Like, how cool is that? So I wrote them yeah. back. And at first I was like, wait, does he want to buy an 800 from me? That sounds weird. Yeah. And then I thought about it. I'm like, no, it's probably somebody who's buying a new uh, an 800 to Marlin to get it retrofitted with some of its cool new Atari tech. And he's Atari heavy. I mean, a lot of his stuff is very Atari-centric. Very, Although he does everything, but... He does a little everything. He does a lot of Atari, a good amount, I'll say a lot of TI-90, Texas Instruments TI-99. Yeah, that's what I bought from him, a couple things. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and uh, we can pop on his website here and look at but, but But yeah, primary, those are kind of his two babies. Yeah. Um, he has a few other things. Um, so... It was awesome. I'm like, you know what? I will take this because, first of all, it saves me shipping. And more importantly, it gives me the excuse to head up to Woodland yeah. and finally visit the guy. Yeah. So I did that today, and I, I'm going to sound like a little kid in a candy shop. I was, like, giddy. Uh, super nice guy. I hop in there. First of all, it's in a, a, a building where the sign out front says the Brewing Academy, but it's on the bottom, and there's, like, four spots above it that say, like, available offices, right? Yeah. Please inquire. Yeah. Um, when you walk in there, there's no available offices. It's filled. All all the quote-unquote offices, which are rooms, are filled. This is clearly, um, and if you know Woodland, it's a lot of like houses that have been converted. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super cool in there. I walked in instantly, just um, saw things that I'm like, uh, like I just wanted to like ask about everything. Yeah. And I saw Marlon walking towards me, and I could just tell just the way this guy was, you know, looked and walked. I'm like, that's him. Um, and he gave me a tour, full tour of the place. They have a room. Um, I'm gonna have to pull pull pictures up here, so I just can show you. Obviously, the the listeners can't can't uh, can't join along. Uh, but I learned a lot about the guy. Uh, here's the here's the Bruin Academy yeah. space available. Um, here's all his 3D printers. Oh There's wow! Four of them. They're very large, and they're all running. Yeah. So let me start by saying this: we all knew the retro hobby was big. And things are going well. People are making stuff. Uh, from just the vibe I got from the shop and what they're doing, they can't keep up. Yeah. Which is great. This is his full-time job now. And not just him. He's got... Uh, I saw three other people there working with him to oh, make wow. stuff happen. Yeah, that's so this, great. There were employees. Yeah. Like, I just figured this was a guy working out of his house. But he does brewing stuff, too, right? Like He doesn't have brewing. time for it now. Wow. He's too busy. Well, yeah, that's, he, good. He, that's he, a good problem to have. I asked him about that. He's like, it's been years since I've been able to, to do that. He's got that stuff somebody, somewhere else, but he hasn't been able to do it. Okay. Um, here's a picture, for example, of all of the 3D printed cases for... Your, maybe you'll recognize those. That's the hot item right now. Is the That's the FujiNet stuff, That right? is the new Atari FujiNet, of which you were one of the testers. Yep. Uh, Josh Malone, 48K RAM, yeah. one of our patrons, also was a tester for that device. Yeah. Um... <clears throat> uh, some things here I wasn't aware of Atari 386 machines. Okay, uh, I didn't know that. Ex- I didn't know that existed. I just, I mean, I have pictures here, Eric. I'll just have to show you just yeah. some, some of the stuff laying, just laying around. Yeah, I'm finding like things in nooks and crannies. You can tell this is a, a chip placer from from China that builds boards for him. Yeah. Um, here's his his soldering station. Yeah, and and I, I made a joke out of it. I, we walked in there, and I'm like. I'm looking all this stuff going on, all these people. Uh, one guy was just sitting there shipping things. He was just printing labels and shipping things. That was his whole job. Wow. And we walk in the back, and I see this. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, I noticed there's only one seat back here. And he just laughed. Uh, 
he's uh, this guy is busy. He's he's, yeah. he's he's soldering. He's making things happen. Um, oh man, I, wish I can I... tell he still loves it. Yeah, but I did ask him. I'm like, when you go home, do you like do you, do you like turn it off and just like get away from it? He's like, yeah. At this point, it's just too much but um God, i wish i could have gone, yeah. gone with you i was just so busy at work here's a bunch of atari shells yeah. he's printing black yeah. shells for uh cartridges for eight ataris and there he is making my fuji net when i was there he had to put it together for i'm you, like huh? i would love a fuji net i'm like is that too much to ask and he's like do you want it like now i'm like yeah, if it's too much i'll go home he's like no i can i'll put one together for you right now wow and so he started grabbing stuff and uh we made a deal and i went on my phone and ordered it online with pickup, there was a pickup option, and I just he made it for me right there. That's so cool. I got my my Fuji Net for my 800 XE. They have different shells on there. Yep. Um, and the Fuji Net, can you quickly explain to listeners? Yeah. What so that the is? Fuji Net is kind of the Swiss Army knife of Atari peripherals. It like does almost everything. Like you can put an SD card in there and load Atari images off of there. You can load Atari images over the network, so it joins Wi-Fi. It, it joins Wi-Fi, and you can. Go on someone's server across the world and mount an Atari image and load it up. Um, you can connect. You can basically load a terminal software and connect to a BBS. You can. Um, there's a printer emulation on it, so you can print and it will print to a PDF file on there, and you could like go grab the PDF file and print it out. So you can actually use all the Atari word processors or whatever. Um, there's just there, every day the guys. Oh, I'm part of a I'm part of a Twitter forum and a Discord where they're all the all the programmers and they're constantly adding stuff to to and making stuff better for the FujiNet. It's definitely a work in progress, but right now it's a completely usable device that is awesome. Yeah, and these are things that are, if I'm not mistaken, they're open source. <laughs> yep. But most of us aren't going to be able to just make one. That's right. They're open source. I mean, they do a full open source where they, they'll print out schematics for the PCB. They'll print out... You can download the firmware for free. And you could build one of these yourself. It's off-the-shelf parts, like ESP. I think it's an ESP32. Um, but unless you have a chip programmer and a 3D printer and yep. all these exact devices, yeah. you're going to want to go to somewhere like yep. thebrewingacademy.com. Correct. And order one from Marlin, who will make you one by hand. Yep. Um, I'm excited. I have not even... I literally got it today, so I haven't booted it up or anything. Yeah. But I've seen yours. Um, and I, this is the computer that, Eric, I'm going to have you help me uh, connect to my first BBS. Oh, the, an Atari, huh? Yeah. Okay. Well, because that's the first one I have. Yep. That's um, fair. I do have the Amstrad, but... That's fine. I don't know enough about that one. But um, So that being said... I was sitting there while he was making my thing, just talking with Marlon, and we, we were getting nerdy about all kinds of stuff, and I had a, a great time. Really great guy. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people in this hobby are really, I would say, um, willing, mm-hmm. but they're not always the most sociable people. Yeah. And that, you know, people are what they are, but Marlon absolutely is. He was very uh, warm and welcoming and just willing to talk about whatever. Uh, had a great time. I wish I could have met him, because, I mean, I've wor- I've talked to him on... He's on like that forum for the FujiNet, and he and I've bought tons of stuff from him before, but I've never known him personally. So, ah oh, man, I wish I could have made that trip today. Yep, and uh, he went took me through all the rooms. Um, There's a bunch of things that I'm hoping to, I'll remember to talk about real quick. Um, but one of his cool products that he did put together is the uh, eight. Or I'm sorry, the 1088 XLD. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen that guy. I have, yeah. But it is basically built into a, a uh, Atari 1050 disk drive shell. Yeah. And it's a like a, it's basically an 8-bit Atari with every 
peripheral feature, whatever everything built into this nice, small, well, relatively small yeah. case. And it's just this really cool, solid, modern implementation of the original 8-bit Ataris. Wow. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. <laughs> um, it looks super cool. I mean, you got you can see CF cards in the front there and switches and joystick ports. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's all, it's all right in the front, so you don't have to worry about plugging things in the back or, or connecting drives. Um, and, of course, there's my Atari 800 being... Uh, shipped, um, well, delivered to Marlin, and it's going to get an incognito board put in it. Yeah. Which basically makes it like an upgraded 800XL. That's right. So it'll have the one meg expansion, it'll have a CF card in there, a uh, bunch of cool stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's neat. Um, he did have, because one of the things I wanted to buy from him is he does have, actually, I, I was going to buy one from him and from you and try to put the best, all the pieces together and make the best one I could find. But he has a literal load, uh, almost like a pallet that's been unloaded into one of his rooms, mm-hmm. of Atari 1040 uh, STs. Oh, wow. STFs. Oh, nice. And they are they came from some academy, some school, whatever. And if you go on his website, you'll see they have, sometimes it depends, you'll see it, they'll pop up. They'll either be tested, perfect working order, or untested, but they visually passed like, the inspection, or else... You're going to get a box that we literally throw in the mail. We haven't even opened it. You get what you get. Good luck. Yeah. And the prices are different. And people are like, why would you do that? It's like $50 more for a tested one. Why wouldn't you just test them and send them off? It's time. They don't have time. Yeah. Um, they, they, this hobby is booming. Plus, if you're somebody, I mean, I probably am on the peripheral of this, but if you're someone like me, I'd welcome like one that kind of might work or might not work and try to troubleshoot it and figure it out if I can get it cheaper. Yeah. I like mean, a, so why not? It's a crapshoot. Yeah. Um, so he showed me, I mean, he showed me all kinds of stuff. He actually had like four, di- four or five different Vectrixes sitting around there. Ooh, that, I was nice. talking to him about, and what I love about Marlin is this is <sighs> his job now, Yeah, but it's his hobby. Yeah. So everything I brought up to him, he's like, oh, yeah, I've, I've got one on order. Or, or, oh, yeah, I've got one. He's got Switch games that he's collected. Like, it was hard to differentiate where his stuff ended and where the company began. Yeah. Um, I talked to him on the about the last episode. We had the Vectrix, and we talked about that USA zombie zombie game. Yeah. He's like, yep, I got one on order. You can't wait for it. Uh, I saw this collection of Vectrix games up above us on a shelf, kind of like mine behind my head. Yeah. He has almost every uh, original game and some of the Sean Kelly stuff and some of the new ones, the uh, Frontier uh, blue, deep blue. This the ocean scuba diving game. Yeah, um, and he loves this stuff. He absolutely loves it. Um, so he does have one hobby that I didn't know existed, and I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of intrigued about. Intrigued. It. <laughs> you know me. What is that? I didn't even know this was a thing. He showed me a. a looks like this. If I had to guess, this was like a '90s device. Um, it's a. This one happens to be a pioneer, but it was a standard. It was called Video Disc. Yeah. Are you familiar with that? I am, yeah. And I guess it's only like, the way he described it is, it's well, first of all, it's almost like a big laser disc, but wrapped in a plastic case. Right. He had hundreds of these. He wow. collected them. Yeah. And he just watches them while he works. Oh, that's pretty neat. Um, and that's a format I never knew existed. Yeah. And they're pro- eventually they're probably going to go expensive, but right now they're dirt cheap. And you know me, if I can find something cool and unique, dirt cheap, I'm going to run into it. So. Right. Uh, he had a big player, and you have to play half the show and then flip it over and play it, almost like a laser disc. Uh, but he described it as, you know, it's a kind of a standard definition, 4x3, old format, better than VHS. And I'm like, but is it better than uh, Betamax? He's like, eh, probably not. <laughs> 
So yeah. somewhere between VHS and Betamax as far as quality. Yeah. Um, I, I I can't remember what else we talked about. We talked about so much stuff, but uh, he always has new products coming out. He's got eight different ways you can use uh, add stuff to your Atari, your 8-bit specifically, but also um, the STs, the 16-bit line. Um, you and I have all of the uh, things we need for our TI-99, our Texas Instruments. Yep. I saw his first computer he ever owned. He had it sitting there on the shelf. He's still using it to test stuff. And what is it? It's a plastic, uh, one of the beige plastic TI-99 4As. Yep. One of the ones that does have the full feature set. It doesn't, there's nothing you can't do on it. Yeah. Uh, And of course he had a speech synthesizer, hard word to say, stuck in the side in one of his um, RAM packs, which you and I have as well. Yeah. On the side of that. Um, I mean, it was, it was like a... I always compare it to Harry Potter when you go down Diagon Alley. Yeah. And they're going to like these shots with dust and like things in corners. And every time you see something, you're like, what's that? What's that? That's what I was a nerd in there. Isn't it funny that a place like Sacramento or, or whatever, I mean, Sacramento is such a bigger place than Woodland. I mean, Woodland, for people who are listening, it's a pretty small little place. Yeah. It's not a very big town at all. Mm-hmm. But you have this really cool place in Woodland of all places. And then. Anywhere around here, Sacramento, Roseville, there's nothing. There's nothing like it. Yep. It's kind of just so weird. And he got his PG, his uh, PhD. He was a um, professor in at UOP. Yeah. Which is a very prestigious school in Stockton. Sure. Uh, eventually, he stopped doing that and started doing this. I guess he's, he made a, a real-time clock for 8-bits Yeah. for himself because he said there wasn't one on the market. He wanted it. So he started making it. And other people were like, well, if you're going to make it, make me one. And that started this whole ball of wax, and now it's become this whole thing. Um, Crazy. Really cool. A couple other quick things about him, and I'll try to move on, but I'm having such a good time talking about this guy. Um, He also is into anything, obviously, like Atari, so Jaguar games, things like that, but the Lynx. Oh, yeah. He showed me... um, Oh, did I take a good picture? I might not have taken a good picture. That one probably got fuzzy. Um, Oh, here it is. These are f- floppy disks, three and a half inch floppy disks he got from somebody. Yeah. And all the games on there are prototypes. And two of them have, were never even known to exist. Wow. And he's releasing them all on reissued <laughs> cartridges. So you can, go on the, yeah. you can go on his website on uh, Brewing Academy and buy brand new prototype uh, Lynx cartridges for these games. Wow. Um, Vindicator was one he had mentioned. I'm trying to remember all the games, but if you hop online, you can see a, a modern list of all these Lynx games. Yeah, and uh, I'm just lucky at this point that I don't own a Lynx. Otherwise, I'd probably buy a whole bunch of them and be poor. <laughs> right. Um, I found it interesting that uh, he likes these old archaic video formats, and I saw a little PlayStation Portable UMD disc on the sh- on his desk. Yeah, and I'm like, well, there's the future of your, you know, that's what you're going to start collecting in the future for um, outdated video formats. Um. And he was like, yeah, you're right. And he was laughing about it. I'm like, you know what I'd love to do? I'd love to take a PlayStation portable, gut it, consoleize it, and just make it like a UMD player for those archaic little UMD videos. That would be cool. And he just looked at me, raised his eyebrows, and cocked his head. I'm like, you did that already, didn't you? And he just started laughing. He did. That's what he's, He watches those. That's what he had on his desk. He was just watching them on his TV. That's crazy. Because <clears throat> um, I do remember when they released a bunch of movies on UMD. 
Yeah. I don't know how many were released. Oh, there's a bunch. Yeah, there's a bunch. Yeah. A lot of like mid uh, 2000 schlock, but yeah. <laughs> Dude, where's my car? Yeah. Um, and then the last thing I will say, um, I asked him, I'm like, all right, well, before you got so busy here that you got sick of using it on the side, what was your favorite thing about Atari? Yeah. And um, hoping this rings a bell with you. He's like, I used to run a BBS for like 10 years called the Bates Motel. Does that ring a bell with you? I've heard of that. I think it, yeah, it kind of does ring a bell. I mean, I might have called that back in the day. Yeah, and he yeah. loved it. That was his thing. He's like, that was my favorite thing, was running that BBS. Yeah. He's like, and basically until the technology fell apart to the point where he couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. So I thought it was super. And his last, his name is Bates. <laughs> that's, uh, that's where he came up with that. So That's pretty cool. Very cool. Um, yeah. The good news is uh, he is absolutely willing to have both of us back to interview him officially. That would be awesome. So uh, let's come up with a bunch of questions and let's absolutely do that. Yeah. In the meantime, Eric, let's finish our Disco Queen. All right. I will get do our that. boy Tim from the UK on the blower. Oh, joy. All right. Uh, Tim, Tim, are you there? Please come in, Tim. This is Tim on the blower. Yeah, on, exactly like I said. On the blower. Perfect. Uh, how is things in your neck of the woods, Sunny sir? UK. It is warm and sunny and amazing. Uh, is it really? The last, maybe maybe the last three times we, ago we recorded, yeah. But at the moment, it's windy and rainy. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, uh, not too long ago, you, uh, you were worried about the fact that nobody in, in that area has air conditioners. Yeah, that that that's that's the things in the in the in the in the holes in the in the wall is the windows. That's our air conditioning. That's system. your air conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I think we should just jump right into it and grab ourselves some beers. Let's now, do it. So the listeners don't think we're a bunch of lushes, Eric. <laughs> right. It'll it'll sound like we are still mid beer, but uh, we have finished our previous beer. Yeah. Uh, taken a long nap, <laughs> and <laughs> maybe not quite that. And uh, and uh, it's, some time has passed, but now we can have another beer. And uh, Tim, you are going to join us at a respectable hour this time. I am, yes. I Why don't you talk go... about your beer? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I am going to go with one of my favorite. Uh, I'm going to plug the Wild Beer Company again. Yes. Um, so if, if you're here in the UK, um, I would highly recommend that, that you look them up. Um, their website is www.wildbeer.com. Uh, they do some fantastic beers. And this one is Pogo, one of my personal favorites. So this is a pale ale with passion fruit, orange, and guava. Ooh, and it is extremely... That's... It's very fruity. It's not nutty. Now, the, pas- the passion fruit, orange, guava combination is Pog, P-O-G, which is like a yeah. Hawaiian staple, right? And yeah, as kids, so... I don't know if you guys had these when we were kids, but... Uh, Eric, I think you're a little older than I am, so maybe this is a b- below you, timeline-wise. But I remember Pogs as a uh, hobby when we were kids. The stupidest thing I've ever spent my money on in my life. Do you remember those things? I do. And it was literally the milk caps, they called it, but they were the caps from Pacific Orange Guava. Yeah. And we'd buy these things, and they had the most ridiculous digitized art. Right. Like, I mean, literally, some of the stuff was probably drawn by like a kid on a on a Amiga back in the day, just like, <laughs> it, it, like this pixelated and garbage. And you'd get these little packs, you'd open them up, open them up and you'd get four random. And I mean, random, like they didn't, they looked nothing. Like you might have one really nice one that just says Snickers on it. <laughs> and then yeah. you'll have a, a picture of like a smiley face. That's just digital and made up of 12 pixels. And then you'd have a, a guy on a skateboard with like holding a knife. Like it'd just be like the most random setting. Yeah. 
pictures. And then the fifth thing in there would be a slammer, which was a regular pog, but five times as thick in plastic. And those were the expensive things. Those are the things we traded and everything else. Right. I never, I never collected, but I'd get them in random stuff here and there. So, yeah. And then the, the game itself, if you ever played it, was the worst game ever made. Oh wow! Um, you literally, as kids, learned how to gamble. You'd you'd put a cu- like some of your pogs in, some of the other guys' pogs in. You'd shuffle them and then try to slam and knock them over, and you get to keep whatever you knocked over. So you're, you'd always <laughs> lose all the stuff you loved and just went home crying. Yeah. And you kept them in these long tubes. I don't know. That's my retro flashback. Sorry, I went on a a bit of a tangent. Well, it's retro inspired, I suppose. There you but go. I've, I've been itching to eat, eat, drink this beer, so come on, Cody. Enough so go already. ahead and you crack yours open. Eric <laughs> yep. and I are drinking one. Eric brought here. So I brought one, and today we're going to be suckling from the dragon's teeth. <laughs> <laughs> so I brought one called Dragon's Milk White Bourbon Barrel Aged White Stout. Oh man, cool! Dragon's Milk. It literally says Dragon's Milk. I, now, yep. but now it's uncomfortable. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> we might get powers or something. I'm getting the pouring noises like I like to do. Yeah. Getting a good pour on, boys. I. Yep. All right. Let's go ahead and have ourselves a cheers, Tim. Cheers. 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 <laughs> So this is a white stout, and you can see, Tim, that it is not dark. It is a light colored. It is also not white. It's not white. I already took a sip. It's milky. See, I was going to have a stout. I was going to go with a millionaire, but um, I remember I had the pogo, which is a lot more refreshing. So I think I'll go with that. All right. How's your beer treating you, Tim? It's awesome. It's fruity and... Please say it. Please say it. Definitely a, definitely a pale ale. It, is it kind of sour? Mm-mm. No. Is it is it a bit nutty? It's a bit nutty. This is interesting. Yeah, this, this is good. Is, <laughs> this is a very flavorful stout. So if you take a look at this, Tim, it doesn't look like it'd be creamy, but it has a very very creamy stout, milky, milky taste to it. It has a little this funny little aftertaste of like a little bit of chocolate almost or vanilla. Yeah. Well, I quite like yeah. it. So if it's creamy over here, the, the thing to say is, do you want to flake with that, love? <laughs> do you want to flake with that? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, do you know why that is? Do you want me to do, to explain? Well, I'm assuming the, like, the Cadbury flake? Yeah, the Cadbury flake. But okay. the reason why is because you have ice creams over here. Yeah. And a particular brand called Mr. Whippy, which is like whipped ice cream. And it comes out from like a little fountain. And it goes into the cone, and then you put a nine and a flake on top of it. Okay, so oh, it's wow. like ice cream. Then. The ice cream with a flake in the top, and that's actually called a ninety-nine. Some people confuse it with ninety-nine with a flake, which means that you've got an ice cream with two flakes. Gotcha. Well, out of um, out of uh, dragon's thir- teats. <laughs> don't, don't. I was trying to avoid this. But, <laughs> no, go ahead. Go Jeez. At. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, where would I go from Awkward. this? Awkward. <laughs> yeah, little weird. Little weird. Out of woo. Let's pick a let's ooh. Let's ooh. pick a let's pick a, a low rank system this time. Out of five. Okay. Uh, mother's milk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> out of five memories. <laughs> yeah, five mem- memories. Yes. <laughs> what would you give this one, Eric? Oh man, I'm gonna give this a good. Um, this is really good. I'm gonna give it a four out of five. I gotta do a little. It's not, you know. I think five out of five would be my favorite beer of all time. This yeah. is probably a good four. I will double you on that. I love this. Um, it's a good solid beer. This tastes beer, really good, doesn't but it? But it is more unique because it's got that like bit of a flavor, a bit of a 
it, you know, it makes me want to put a flake in it because it's so creamy. All right, Tim, what's <laughs> up? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> how's your uh, how's your beer rank on a scale of uh, zero to five um, Hawaiians who, on longboards? I don't know what's pog. Uh, I I really like this one, so I'm going to go with a four and a half. Four and a half. Nice. Wow. All right. Well, gentlemen. If I'm not mistaken, Tim has prepared a little gauntlet for us. Ooh. We have. I'm ready this time. All right. Are you ready? Take control. Tim's got a, a soundboard and everything over there. If you can't tell, he's getting, he's already getting a <laughs> little saucy with getting it. Getting a little feisty. <laughs> okay. So I prepared a little game show for you guys. And obviously, as it's Halloween today, we are going with a halloween spooktacular game show so i like it i'm ready eric do you have a piece of paper hello and welcome to the halloween spooktacular game show on pixel guiden i do like the show placement in there (laughs) yes that's branding all okay. right, we've got a drone in the background to build the tension. So, the first round is consisting of four different sounds that you have to guess. And these are from some are relatively well-known games, extremely Bur- well-known games, or maybe not quite so well-known games. Burger time. Burger time. It's not burger time. (laughs) I I tried to shoehorn in some kind of spooky thing for that, but I really couldn't. So there there, there is... Spoiler, there are no burger time questions because I am the quiz show host, Cody, so there are no burger time questions. (laughs) All right, I accept. Okay. So, are you ready for the first sound? Yes. Ready. Okay, here we go. Nope. Nope. <laughs> the first sound. Not Are the first ready? sound. Not the first sound. Sa- oh, yep. That yep. was just a test. <laughs> that was testing. more tension building. That yeah. was the pickle chasing you in Burger Time. <laughs> That's hot. <laughs> and that is spooky. Uh, no, it's a. And it was uh, be terrifying. I was in a bit of a pickle with my soundboard. Hey, oh. <laughs> Here we go then. Ready? Sound number one. I know that. So do you I need too. 10 seconds for this? Wait, or are you just going to go straight in with an answer? I know this. Are we just Should picking the game? Can you, can you play it again one more time? Yep. That's very Nintendo. 10 seconds coming up. Very Nintendo. <laughs> I like it. I okay. I can't. I can't. I mean, it's on the tip of my tongue. I I'm reckon going to come to Cody first for the right. for his answer, please. I, this is going to be wrong because I can't identify it. I'm just going to throw out Animal Crossing. I, I was going to say the same thing, but I, I but didn't, didn't even write it down. You so liar. Yep. So I'm done. Okay. I get an A for effort. So, for both of you, it's a you six- are wrong. I believe it is a 16-bit Super Nintendo game, though. No. I believe it is a 64-bit Super N- or Nintendo game. 
See, I think it, it. I don't. It's not. It's not a synthesizer. It's that's like recorded sound. So I think it'd be more in the PlayStation kind of era. No. All right, go ahead. What is it? All right. It's Doki Doki Literature Club. That's right. Ah. No. Doki. Oh, All right. Man. Okay, so that's a big fat zero for both of you. Monica's going to be mad at us. I hope you have a tiebreaker question when we end up zero to zero. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. So here we go for sound number two. I think it's wrong, but I'm going to guess anyway. Do you need it again, or... I want to hear it again. seconds. Okay. Okay, I'm going to give you 10 seconds. Okay. I will answer it first. I'm going to say it's Nightmare in the Dark, Neo Geo. Ooh, that's probably a good one. Go ahead, Cody. I, I what don't did have you a, say? I don't have a good... I, I'm just going to say... I know it's not because it's... I'm just going to say Rondo of Blood, Castlevania. There you go. Both of us? Oh. Two honks. <laughs> okay, that was Adam's Family on the Super Nintendo. Oh, I would have no idea. No, me either. That, that game was big over there, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah it I've, heard, I've heard Boat Bo talks about it all the time on the Amigos. Uh, does he? Like, it's one of his favorite games. Yeah, that's a game I've never heard of until, like, I grew up and had a list of a thousand Super Nintendo ROMs. Yeah. Oh, well. It was right. good. I liked it. Zero, zero. We're really knocking it out of the park today. All right. <laughs> okay. So, we're going to go with question three. Three. All right, I'm going to write my answer. Do you want it again? Yeah, please. Oh. <laughs> I got my answer. These sound so familiar. Every one of them has sounded familiar to me, and I, yeah. I, I can't place any of them. But anyway... I'm ready. Okay. So. Go ahead, Cody. Uh, Eric, you'll go first. I'll go first. Ghosts and Goblins. Ghosts and Goblins. Wow, you both got it, Eric. You are correct. On the Commodore 64. Well done, yeah. guys. <laughs> we're not, we're not going to tie at zero. That's one to good. one. We're, we're not shut out. We didn't get shut out. <laughs> Team USA, not shut out. <laughs> okay. So, are we ready for the fourth and final sound in round one? I am. I'm ready. Yes. Bring it. Okay. Here we go. You shall all die! <laughs> I'll give you ten seconds. I've got, I've got mine.
I'm adding my own little flavor to it. Okay, Cody, give me your answer. I'm going to say Bloodstained. I, I am going to say Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Ooh. Cody? Yes. No! Eric got it. Eric! Are you <laughs> you can hear in his voice. I'm ready. It's not. It's not. No! <laughs> what was it? Should I stopped at Castlevania? Nope. Okay. <laughs> I didn't put any Castlevania ones in this one because I put one in the last one. So okay. it was House of the Dead on the Sega Saturn. Oh. I, yeah, I, right. I don't even think I've ever loaded that up. I don't think that the English was way too clear on that. I would not have guessed House yeah. of the Dead, right. <laughs> which is notoriously awkward stilted uh, voiceovers. Believe it or okay. not, listeners, we do have a gaming podcast. We do. do. <laughs> as stupid as this makes us look. <laughs> Maybe I just make these stupidly hard. I don't know. but <laughs> Well, how on earth are we going to decide a winner? Well, we, that's only round well, one, got, right? We, we've got a second round. No! Yeah. Snap! All right, I'm ready. <laughs> round two. Okay, round two. So at the moment, yes, you are tied on one all. Okay. So, you're mercifully, uh, there's not a huge amount more to hear from the soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... This uh, better be multiple choice. Yeah. So we are going with the next round. Guess the random horror game name. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Tim had way too much fun putting this together. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so these are random horror game names two of them are correct and one of them is fake okay and these are from steam i didn't steam. get the io this time okay not not so. much better though as far as <laughs> the amount of random stuff on there all right okay so section one so th- out of three possible answers for this one we have zombie solitaire chapter two Zombie chicken, what the cluck is up, and zombie Vikings. So that's zombie solitaire 2, chapter 2, zombie chicken, what the cluck is up, and <clears throat> zombie Vikings. I got my answer. Me too. Okay. Uh, Eric, you first. I picked zombie chickens, what the cluck is up. And I concurred. Gentlemen, yes. you are both. Yay! Yay! The Two suspense. <laughs> you are both dead air, dead air, dead air. Yeah! Gotta find the button. <laughs> okay. Tell me about two. it. Why, why do you think on this show I'm always like making like long draw now? There we go. Okay. Section two. We have. Ghost Food Truck, the second fry full menu. Ghosts in the pool, the ghost on the desktop. So that's Ghost Food Truck, the second fry full menu. Ghost in the pool, and the ghost on the desktop. Are you ready? I'm ready. Eric first this time. I will say Ghost in the Pool is the fake one. I'm going to go with the Ghost Food Truck. I think you're trying to to trick us with putting two simple ones at the end. Okay. This is, is kind of like a, 
uh, SAT reasoning here. Yeah, the SAT tricks. Yes. So, Eric. Yep. Uh, so far, I'm feeling better. Cody. <laughs> oh, man. Victory feels sweet. Cody Hold ahead. I'm, I'm going to go get some more of that reptile milk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, right. Section three. So this is the last round. So oh, we're, round this is three. It pretty much now. So okay. <laughs> okay, here we are. So we have Chicken Invaders Five Halloween Edition, Spooky Cats, and Chicken's Revenge. The Poultry Geist is back. Got my answer. Me too. Okay. Cody, you first. I think you're going to do the opposite on this one. I think he went with the simple dumb one, Spooky Cats. That is the fake answer. I picked the chicken's revenge. Eric likes chicken stuff. Yeah. It's kind of his thing. I'm kind of hungry. Are you ready? Uh, yes, I'm ready. <laughs> oh. I love playing that sound to you. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> revenge, mostly. Eric, are you ready? I am ready. Yeah! Wow, though. Yes. <laughs> so always bet on the that, chickens. That that brings us to a tiebreak. Tiebreaker. Right. Spice Girls. <laughs> <laughs> Am I okay. right? Did I win? No. So Fifth Harmony. <laughs> <laughs> For the tiebreak, Cody. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> Jason or yeah. Freddy Krueger? Freddy Krueger. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> Eric, congratulations. Clearly the answer is Jason. And <laughs> Eric, you're the winner. Yeah. Hold on. I love that applause. And there right. we go. That's the game Cheers, show, Tim. everyone. Cheers, Tim. <laughs> Cheers you. to Tim. Thank Eric, you. congratulations, sir. Cheers, Thank guys. You. Thanks if for I, a fun game, Tim. If I was ever going to lose, I'm just glad it was at least to you, my friend. <laughs> Ooh. Mm. Well all fought. Right. Well fought. Well, gentlemen, I think it is about time that all three of us got to catching up. Catching up with Eric and Cody and Tim. So this is the point of the show where we catch up. Just explain if you're yeah, a new listener. Exactly. <laughs> and Tim, I think you've got the first... Up by any chance. Yeah, that's exactly what we're doing. <sighs> it's been a long month. Is it me to go first, is it? It is you, yes. Oh, yeah, okay. All right. Then. Um, <laughs> so, so let's talk about Z to wing. Z to wing. Zeta. Z to wing. Z to wing. Is that how... <laughs> Zeta wing. Zeta wing. Zeta wing. I want to go with. I'm going with Zeta. <laughs> More chicken stuff, wings. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, um, Zeta Wing, Zeta Wing, whatever you want to call it, um, is out on the Commodore 64. It is a fantastic shooter by Sarah Jane Avery. Horizontal um, in nature. I am sure we have all plowed various amounts of time into this game. Um, I think it is uh, very, very, very good. Um, it's a extremely good shooter. Nice graphics, nice sound, very smooth, very polished. Uh, what do you guys think? 
Go ahead, Cody. I, I, as well, you've been online going back and forth. I put hours into this game. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Um, and what I keep saying is it's, what's crazy about it is the fact that, uh, Sarah's working on this vertical shmup that she's been putting lots and lots of time into. And she kind of hopped over to this as a side project to keep her mind off the other one every once in a while. And Cody, this, this game is brilliant. Yes. You want me to tell you the name of that because you can never remember the name of that one, can you? You it's, know the soul bit. soul something. Soul Force. Soul, soul Force. Soul Force. <laughs> soul Force. So that's the game I'm really, really, really looking forward to. Yeah. But when this game came out, I'm like, oh, cool, I'll try it. But you are right. It is absolutely solid. Um, I don't think it is a, you know, I think Soul Force is going to be like a, a technical... Uh, tour de force yeah. as far as what she's able to do with it uh, from what i've seen with the commodore um this one is actually i mean it's still very very impressive uh yeah. but i always say um what makes a game good is play testing and putting characters in the right places and making the right challenge and she took the time and nailed it on this um it's funny because you'll see a game from hers that looks like you're like release it already it's complete but it'll be like three or four more months until it comes out and that's because she's taking the time to be like, oh, I got to stage five, and this one like enemy comes in at a weird time, and it feels wrong. like she'll she'll tighten it up. Yeah, she tunes it. And uh, so I played this like any other game. You know, I turn it on, press go, which is normal difficulty, which is clearly the way she designed it. If you go down to easy, um, the which waves of enemies, yeah, the the waves of enemies kind of become spaced out, and it kind of feels you're like waiting a lot. Yeah. Feels a little off. If she go to hard, then they shove more en- enemies in, and it's like literally not possible to hit them all. Right. Uh, so normal is like I think the way it's meant to be played. Sure. And I play this over and over and over again, and I can get to the very last, uh, right before the very last boss. I just couldn't finish it. Um, so I did have to cheat, <laughs> in my opinion, and hop down to easy to finally finish the game. But I will, darn it, finish this game on normal. That and is my goal. And I played maybe two or three hours. I didn't get as much time in it as I wanted to, but I do like the game a lot, and I do plan on getting back to it. In fact, I'd love to do like a video on it or something because it's great. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I, I keep I get to it, and whether I play it on easy or normal, I keep getting to around about one hundred and twenty-seven thousand points on. I think it's on about the third, three quarters of the way through the third level, and that's it. I can get even if I get to that level with all my lives, every every you know almost everything powered up. I just seem to get to that one and just crumble under the pressure. Crumble. <laughs> crumble. No, we should do. And actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and jump ahead a little bit here to bring this up. What what I might do is try to get myself a a uh, video playthrough of me playing this game. Yeah. Since I've been able to to put so much time into it, and uh, maybe we'll pop that up on the Amiga Retro Work. <laughs> retro work amigo retro gaming network, network youtube yeah. channel yes uh which we have started tim you did a little something eric you did a little something. stuff's yeah. going up videos are going up yeah just me so far you haven't posted one yet tim have you not yet i've got something in the making good, ooh, good. Ooh. yeah i posted one you heard it here first which we'll talk about in a minute yep um well go ahead go for it i want to hear because we're going to start putting some videos up, which a lot of our listen to, listeners have been wanting for a long time, just to sure. see... Uh, you know how they say, don't meet your idols? <laughs> I'm not saying... I'm not, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying we're idols. I'm just saying you're probably not going to want to meet us. But, <laughs> but if you want to see... Uh, eric's beautiful hands for the most part yeah they're just my hands but i did a a bmc 64 where i took bmc 64 and put it into a vic 20 square key um 
chassis, a, a case, and built up a BMC 64. And I actually show the screens and switching between all the different 8-bit Commodore systems. Uh, it was fun to do. Uh, it, I think it's going to get better and better. I'm still tuning my kind of video setup because it's the first time I've ever done it. So it's going well. Very cool. It was very good. I enjoyed watching it. And then Tim's already got something in the works. Um, I really haven't looked into it yet, but um, I kind of want to hop on the bandwagon. So if any of our listeners have anything they want, I mean, I, we've had even people, um, and I get it. I, I get it because you're always, you kind of want to know who you're, you know, learn more about who you're hearing all the time. Um, I had people just say, hey, can I see pictures of you guys in the room so I can see what the room looks like? And yeah. and people are currently zooming in on images, trying to figure out what that is in the background and stuff. So maybe I'll just do a dumb little, like, room tour. Not that my room is, you know, it's full of crap, but it's not particularly exciting. But it's got a lot of stuff. Yeah. Maybe I'll do a room tour. I don't know. Yeah, Do definitely. something. Good um, idea. Yeah. Um, I wanted to point out that I... Uh, finally did get the the opportunity to reach out to the Brewing Academy, who uh, is a local. We talk about a lot on the show here up the street from Woodland, California. It's like half hour up the street from yeah, us. Yeah, about 30 minutes. Um, so it was a really funny story. Um, I, on eBay, got uh, sold an Atari 800, and the person who wrote to me said, hey, do you mind shipping it to this address? And I'm like, no, I'm not going to ship it to a different address. You're trying to scam me. But then I look at the address, and it said, the Brewing Academy, Woodland, California. And I'm like, wait, how, wh- is it him trying to buy something from me? And I kind of looked into it, and I thought about it. I'm like, oh, no, it's probably somebody buying an Atari, sent it to him so he can modify it with something, and then he'll send it back. So I called him and verified, and that's what's going on. And so I'm like, cool, I'll just drop it by and save myself the shipping. <laughs> yeah. And I finally get to head up there and see the guy, meet the guy. So really, I'll try to be as quick as I can, but I had such a great time um, with uh, with him up there. Um, we're going to try to get him on the show here. Uh, this is, His name's Marlon, by the way. Yeah. Um, Marlon Bates. And, and just actually, as a side note, I was supposed to go with you on this, but I got called into work, so I didn't get a chance to go. Yes. Wah, wah, wah. Doctor. Uh, Marlon Bates, by Doctor, the way. Oh. Dr. Marlon Bates. Well, hello. Um, anyways, I had a great time up there. Uh, while I was there, I got to meet. So I expected, when I walked up to the place, I expected it to look exactly like it did, like an old house that's been converted. Yeah. Um, what I didn't expect is the sign in front had like four vacancy signs, and it was the, the Brewing Academy was the only company in the building, right? Yeah. So I expected to walk in there, see a bunch of empty, and find like the room or two that he was in, and see like a, a, a dude sitting there with like a magnifying glass and a soldering iron. What I walked into was like four people running around trying to fill orders. I was really impressed. They're, they're moving. They're moving stuff. Retro yeah. is alive and well, my friends. Yeah, it's amazing that some of these companies can thrive the way they do. Um, so I got to walk through there, and uh, I did get the okay to have you, Eric, and I uh, hop in there and do an official interview with the guy. That would be awesome. Maybe we can do some video and put it on the YouTube. That would be perfect. Well, if he's down with it, yeah. 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 Um, but he showed me his room where, like, most of his collection is. He showed me the room where they have four 3D printers all working at once to try to print enough cartridge shells and things for all the devices they make, which is primarily for the Atari lines and uh, the TI-99-4A, which uh, he showed me his very first computer he's ever owned. It's still sitting there in the shop. Yeah. So it's one of the plastic TI-99s. Um, and that's what I've ordered the most from him. I think I got one Atari thing, but I've purchased two or three or four TI-99 stuff over the years. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got mine tricked out from, with his stuff as well. So, yep. um, number of cool things. I mean, it's kind of funny. It's definitely his his hobby, his passion became his job. 
because uh, that's what he does full time. And like I said, he's got like three or four employees there trying to ship stuff out while he's trying to. He only had one one seat at the workbench, which means he's doing all the soldering. <laughs> yeah, he's doing the technical work. The other people are probably packing stuff, They're packing and, stuff, and taking orders and yeah. processing things and setting up the printers. A uh, really cool operation. He even showed me the garage out back that was filled with stuff, including uh, if you ever go on eBay, you'll see him selling uh, Atari STFs. Yeah. Um, you can buy them at different price points, but the lowest one is like 85 bucks for a unchecked, we don't know what it is. And it's like, why wouldn't you just check it and sell it for more? They just don't have the time. He's got pallets of these things in boxes that came back from some schools. Okay. And so it literally, it, it's not uh, economic for them to take these out of the box, look at them, wire them up, test them, and then, you know, it's just quicker for them to be like, you get what's in the box. I don't know. The box is closed. You get the box. Yeah. <laughs> but does everyone know what the STF and the STE and the STM is? I don't know. Let's ask uh, Dr. Drew. You're a layman, aren't you? <laughs> so do you know what the difference is? Technical terms. Do we know the difference? Yeah. I know the Eric STE is, is the Atari ST Enhanced. It has uh, some, I guess, more colors and is is enhanced for that matter. I think that one can, has the RF output, so you can connect it to a TV. No, the, the Atari STE is kind of like the, the latter version. Of course, you sh- should have all re- um, remembered this from my section in, on Pixel Guide that I did all about Atari ST. Oh, I remember <laughs> it all. I'm just pretending so you can explain it again. That's what's going on. So the S- STE was, was the later development of the ST. That one had the Blitter chip, uh, the better yeah. sound chip in it. Um, and the obviously came with one meg of RAM standard out the box and a double sided disk drive. Uh, but the ST, uh, the STF was just the um base unit, um, that was the Atari ST. So the um, that you used to have to have a separate disk drive for that one, and then the STFM was the um, everything built in with the mod- modulator and all that sort of that's stuff. That's the monitor. That's what I was thinking of. Yep. Okay. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, so, yeah, there's there's various different versions. And they actually even started out with a 260 ST. So it only had 256K of RAM. Um, but that was only <laughs> ever really sort of like the development version. And then they did the 512 and went on from there. But anyway, carry on. Gotcha. So let's finish up by saying that uh, he was nice enough while I was there and dropping off his Atari. I'm like, hey, uh, Eric, I'm sorry, I'm going to forget right now. What's it called, the the new device? Oh, the Fujinet. The Fujinet, yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. So I'm like, dude, I've been wanting a Fujinet. Do you have, are you able to, like, sell me one right now? He's like, well, all the ones I've made, he, they're making, like, 20 a day or something. Like, they're going through them. Yeah, it's an amazing device, so it's very popular, and a lot of people want them. For the 8-bit Ataris. And so uh, I just asked if I could buy one. He's like, do you have time to wait while I solder one together for you? I'm like, yeah that'd be awesome so yeah. i sat there and like talked his ear off while he sat there and soldered one together for me asked me what what case i wanted i said i want to match my atari 800 xl so i went over there popped a case on it tested it and i was out the door with a hand uh you know soldered right there it was, it was fun yeah so awesome we'll get we'll get an interview with him i think he has a lot to say and he's, uh, it'll be really cool awesome Good so stuff. The, the next thing I have is uh, Cody and I were able to get together and play some multiplayer games yeah, or, we or some games that weren't multiplayer, but we made them multiplayer. <laughs> and I just wanted to talk about some of the highlights on that because we played 3DO, CD32, Nintendo Switch. We played a ton of stuff, but 
The highlights for me were Roadkill on the CD32. Which I had never played before, so that was really cool. Yeah, and there's no two-player, so we just kind of passed the controller back Old school two-player. Yep, old school two-player. Passed it back and forth, and I, and I learned about Roadkill from the Amigos mm-hmm. uh, podcast. Yep. I love that game. That game was a lot of fun. It's a top-down kind of racer, kind of kill kill racer, I guess. I, well, I love it. Yeah, it's, you're, you're top-down. It's a good racer. It's that got that really close... Uh, point of view where it's kind of hard to see where you're going to turn and the problem the only problem is yeah. when you hit a wall you bounce like in completely ridiculous places uh, well, like really- pin- it's got pinball physics for yeah, your car pinball yeah. physics. there you go but what i do love is that it's got this guy telling like when you get a power up that like a rocket or something it'll be like murder your opponent what do you say he's like because <laughs> i kill him or something take their yeah. life <laughs> take their life that's right that's right <laughs> yeah i'm like geez that's dark Yep, but just to let you know, Tim, I mean, the CD32 got used that night. I mean, we were playing, we, it was a blast. We had a lot of fun with it. One thing I did learn afterwards, because I wanted to play that after you left, Yeah, is, and from what I found on the internet, I tried to play uh, play it on my uh, 1200. Yeah. And the WH load versions and everything they have, the sounds aren't right. Oh, it doesn't have the same voice synthesis. I can't right hear any voices, and like the motor noises just sound like static. Oh. It's weird. Oh, so wow. I, I really haven't been able to play it since, and I want to, because it's good. Okay. Um, and then we played Hot Shot Racing, which I loved. I mean, and we could play, we played head to head on that. And at first, like, I was dominating. And then as you learned the game, you started kicking my you butt like, every time. <laughs> well, <laughs> you taught me well, master. And uh, so, Tim, um, Tim, have you, you played Hot Shot Racing by now, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a yeah. beautiful game. Yeah. I, I yeah. love that game. I, I mean, I'm. I dare say I, I think I like it more than uh, Turbo Horizon. Horizon Turbo? Horizon Turbo. Yeah. Horizon Chase. Danica and I have been playing that an awful lot, and she's actually got to the point where almost she can beat me every time now, so we don't oh. play it much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that That's works. Smart. That's smart. <laughs> no, she, she always picks the, uh, the Formula One racer. Um, I can't remember what character that's under, but she loves that car. And, uh, yeah, she plays that quite a bit. And uh, I, I had to um, spend a bit of time one evening tuning up one particular car, which was um, pretty good on drifting. I can't remember the name of the car now. Um, so I managed to sort of, like, tune the car up a bit, and then I was actually in that, then able to get back in the game. So I was challenging her a bit more and actually beating her a few times. So. <laughs> Nice. Great fun. And then I also uh, was able to let you play a little of the uh, 3DO. 3DO, which I'd never played before. So this is my first on, you know, entry into the world of the 3DO. With the uh, the glorified Sega Genesis pad. Yeah. Three buttons. And I like the, the pad. What was the motorcycle game we played? Because that was a Road lot Rash. of fun. Road, Road Rash. Road Rash. We played that. And then um, we played some FMV one, which was really... Oh, that was hilarious. Yeah, uh, it was not too playable per se but it was fun to look at and it was well it had and again this is a pg show eric yeah so i don't know how you could take this the wrong way but the it's a game about like uh a detective following this woman yeah anyways the game is called snow job so it's obviously about (laughs) yeah uh like a a hit or something some kind of murder in the snow in the winter is what makes sense to me cool so the next thing i have on here is um like sometimes you get inspired by podcasts to get into something, but this time I was inspired by our own podcast. <laughs> I was inspired by Cody's segment on I the PSP. I often get inspired by myself. And uh, my PSP has been sitting on a shelf collecting dust for months and months and months. But recently I decided to um, kind of spend some time on mine. I got a 32 gigabyte card so that I could put a bunch of games on it. Mine is hacked, of course. 
Um, of course. But I, I basically downloaded all the a lot of the games you recommended, and I've been having a, I've been playing Valkyria Chronicles a lot on it mm, lately. Valkyria Two. Valkyria Two, exactly. And uh, let me try to get in here. It's so funny because I wanted to show you like all the ones I've downloaded. And put on there, but I, I got a PSP Heroes. 1000. I got the old chunky one because I love I love the feel of the bigger PSP, the the chunky one. Um, I had a four gigabyte card which housed about two games, <laughs> so I, I invested in a 32 gigabyte card. Nowadays, you can get the card that a little micro SD card plugs into, so it's an adapter. That's cool. So you can put, you know, you can. I don't know what the top limit is on the size, but I, I got grabbed a 32 gig one, and it works perfectly. And I haven't filled up half of it, and I put a ton of games on there. So a lot of the ones you recommended, plus some of the ones I've been wanting to play over the years. I do like this one. It's got a really That's chunky feel. Memory stick, isn't it in those? I'm sorry. Is it the memory stick? The Sony memory stick in those ones? Yeah, it is. It's the yeah, Sony it's, memory yeah. stick card. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, my, my PSP is currently sitting with Rod from Future Was 8-Bit. He picked it up, and he still hasn't sent it out to me yet. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's still sitting with him. So it's, it's, been, a, it's been kind of, like, uh, difficult over here at the moment. I'm not sure whether to go over and pick it up or just wait for him to send it through, but hopefully I'll get it soon, maybe in the next week or so. You got some good stuff on here. Mine's actually, I I only have one. I have the second revision, so it's yeah. thinner. It's a little thinner, yeah. And I, you know, I really like both. I like this one. This one's chunkier. It has more to it. Yep. Uh, and that's why I like hands. it, because you can feel, because I do have another one at home. Yeah. I do have another one at home that, uh, the ba- it was in the garage in a box, and the battery s- swelled up, mm-hmm. and it broke the... A lot of people have had that issue with yeah, those. Yeah, it broke yeah. the door off, so um, it's still, you know, I kept it, but I think that was the second one, too. It's a little thinner, it's silver, um, but I bought this one just because I wanted the old school, and because it was, I heard it was easier to hack, but I think they're all pretty straightforward. Yeah. Uh, but I, I've been enjoying this one quite a bit. I've been playing a ton of different games on here and loving it. So. And I have not hacked mine yet. I've never hacked it, and I kind of want to keep it that way. I might buy a second one to do so. I know one of our listeners, David Vincent, mm-hmm. uh, who also, uh, yeah, there's Tim's. Tim's got his right there. Oh, yeah. like a... yeah, but that's all broken. <laughs> oh, yeah, I see it that's, now. That's how it came to me. It was in a whole bunch of stuff, and it, the screen is cracked. And you... I, I, Maybe I'll open it up one day, but I would imagine the whole board is all cracked inside. And You're trying to retrobrate it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so anyways, I'm, 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 I know David Vincent just went through it, and he said they're all pretty easy to hack, so he conferred that and confirmed yep. that, so... All right, so who's next? Cody, Doom. Tell us about Doom. Oh, Doom. So I usually like to come on here and uh, show off. Yeah. (laughs) Talk about all the games I beat. But no, Doom was a lot longer than I thought it was. I played Doom Doom 2016. I finally, I wanted to beat it before we got back to the show. So I actually had to cram the last couple days to to actually get it in. And I always heard it's a great, uh, you know, inspired from the original Doom and it does have that fast action, and it was felt very... It wasn't like a story-driven thing as much as it was, here's a ton of crap to fire at, and you're going to die a bunch until you figure out your solution to how to get through this maze of monsters. Yeah. But each level, especially by the end, was like two hours long. Wow. And to me, I was used to like Doom being, you know, like, if you really want to, you can run through without shooting anything and go hit that button at the end. Now, you do have the button at the end. Right. But we're talking about like a two-hour-long level. Yeah. So I did. I did end up finishing it. Um, what, it, it was a whole lot of. It was a whole lot of fun. Probably took about twenty hours though. Which um, again, I was a little surprised that it was that, that long of a game. Yeah. 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 But yeah, Doom twenty sixteen. 
I, I just found myself then sort of like it was a it was a weird weird experience i've not done that before but i just like i was just turning away and just listening and then i just thought i was listening to the podcast for a second and then i turned back <laughs> like, oh actually yeah we're recording now <laughs> <Bye."> <laughs> awesome say something something. move on move on you don't have to admit everything tim (laughs) so my next one is just part one because part two will probably be next month um so my saturn for a couple months now has started to show these broad horizontal that's not good banding in the in the video and it's been getting progressively worse and worse and as they as it warms up they go away but now it'll last a good 20 minutes before they start to fade uh, so I looked it up online, found a forum, and people were talking about it, and it's pretty much the power supply needs to be replaced. And so I was looking to just get a, repl- you know, maybe recap the power supply that I have or do whatever, but I found that there are now these alternatives where they are much smaller and more energy efficient power supplies, and they, they don't, um, they basically just require, um, what am I thinking of? Almost like a USB connector to plug them in. I mean, they're very simplified power adapters um, without the big chunky capacitors on them like the ones there. Mm-hmm. there. And so I plan on getting those. I think they're about 40 bucks. So I'm going to grab one and try to install it and see if that fixes the problem. I'm pretty sure that it will. But I haven't done it yet. I haven't even ordered it because I have to open mine up because there are three different models of the Saturn VAZ. Yeah, you got to get the right VO2, one. And I need to get the right one for the right model. And I just been too lazy to open mine up because I don't remember what it is. So. so I'm just wondering if that would something like that replacement power supply would solve my Saturn woes like when I blew it up. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I could probably replace over the power supply and put in a UK power supply in my Japanese Saturn, I suppose, couldn't I? Yeah, you could. You I just think. Th- yeah. throw that on the forums like that. You're like, do you think this power supply would fix my Saturn? Well, what's your problem with your Saturn? It blowed up. <laughs> I blewed it up. It done blowed up. <laughs> cool. Okay. All right, Tim, tell us. Yep. So um, a little while ago, there was um, a few teaser adverts started to appear on Twitter um, from Retro Games Limited. Um, as we know, um, they are the makers of the C64 Mini and the C64. Um, also known as the Maxi. Yep. Which is weird to me. I <laughs> don't like weird. it. It's weird. No, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they've also done the VIC-20, which has just started shipping as well now. Um, so that's that's coming through. Although we are uh, just now getting our the C64s. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everything yeah. is flipped. We're in America uh, getting everything like six months late over here. Um, and, and deservedly so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, the, 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 what they're actually um, hawking or um, advertising is a blackened out photo of something which looks very much like the form of an Amiga A500. Very much, to the point where I'm like, yes. (laughs) Could we be seeing an A500 Mini or an A500 or the A500? Um, Or or Maxi. (laughs) Yeah, or or slightly smaller. Um, But yeah, so it's looking like they may be trying to do something with the Amiga. Um, Good luck to them with all the... uh, the convoluted uh, issues around copyright over the Amiga and all that sort of stuff. Who actually yeah, owns it? Is the it Amiga? Is it? 
Amiga International, whatever it is, I don't know. The whole thing is pretty finicky, but... Whoever's got the rights this week, according to the courts, yeah. So is this Um, something that we're going to buy? Well, of course. (laughs) 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 Why not? Um, Yeah, I I didn't bother with the VIC-20 and I didn't bother with the C64 Maxi. because I've already got this, the Mini and I've got the 64 many, many times over. And not that I haven't got the A500 many times over, but um, you know, maybe it might be a more convenient way because I find um, you know, floppy disk images and stuff like that, unless you've got a, a solid GoTech mounted in. Uh, just for example, my A600 right now, um, the, the disk drive on that was working perfectly and now it's stopped working um, and it's giving me lovely guru meditations every now and then. So, you know, this, this hardware is not going to last forever. So to have some of those recreations and if it's relatively faithful, then I think it's probably a good thing. Um, so we shall see. We shall see. Is, I don't know. The A500, if it's a mini, I'm not sure. I mean, obviously, I'd have to see the games and all that. I, ultimately, I'm going to buy it. But am I going to buy it when it comes out for 100 or 130 Probably not. Am I going to buy it when it goes on clearance for 30 bucks? Yeah. I think oh. it, de- it definitely depends on the keyboard on this because, the, you know, some of the Amiga games definitely rely on the keyboard and that sort of thing. So um, not the 64 stuff doesn't, but... Um, yeah. Well, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm getting on. If they make it a mini, the, the minis don't have working keyboards. It's just a box. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if that's the case. But what would be awesome, in my opinion, is if it came out... Obviously, I don't want a full-size A500. The thing's enormous. But if it came out like in a small form factor, even with small little keys... Like that, a, like that worked? A600-sized? Yeah. That would, be, that would be cool, and I'd probably be on board. I bet the first one they're going to come out is going to be a mini, though. It's going to be just like the C64 one. Yeah, see, I don't, that's not, I'm not terribly excited about that at this point. No. But. Wop, 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 wop. Oh, I got new buttons here. How about the violin? <laughs> um, okay. I finished hey. Ironcast, finally. Oh, nice. Which is another one of these puzzle games. You played some Ironcast. I downloaded it. I bought it, downloaded it, and I, I got a little, a little ways through it. So you got kind of an idea. It's kind mm-hmm. of a match-three game, but also an RPG, but also a rogue... Not rogue... Eh, what do you call it? Permadeath kind yeah. of a thing? Um, I think I love it. I think it was really cool, and I, I did get through It's kind of got a steampunk vibe, and um, it's got some story in there if you want to read it. But anyways, it was it was fun, and uh, it was something I could sit down in bed right before, before, I, before I went to sleep for a half hour and play through a few levels and yeah. um, finish it. That was fun. Good stuff. This is more um, of a well, news segment, but Tim, you've got you've got some updates. Yeah, I've got some updates. So I got some Futures 8-bit goodies through from Rod the other day. Um, so I've got a couple of new uh, Futures 8-bit mugs. So this one is got all the game characters on there. Uh, so you've got Pump Kid, which I know is one of your favorite oh, games. Oh, yes. Love Pump Kid. And very Halloween. That. I've been playing that one a lot. Yeah. I yeah. love it. And uh, we've got Rodman and Angry Dude and all that sort of stuff. I've not and played Angry Dude yet. Yeah, similar sort of one with it's just got the future was eight bit logo on it. And we've also got some new lovely mouse mats, um, which have got the same sort of designs on them. So that's very cool. Um, and then you've got one which has got sort of like similar sort of design with all the games around the app, all the names on it. Yeah, yeah. and also uh, Jetpack Jock 
is now available on tape from the Futures 8-bit in the 499 range. Um, and it's got all the new lovely swanky artwork on it. Um, uh, yeah, that swanky. range looks really cool. Yeah, I love the and, color. Uh, that, one's, that one's a game by Gaz Marshall. Um, you can find him on Twitter, um, at Gaz Marshall, I think. Um, and yeah, this is quite a nice game. Um, and uh, yeah, that 499 range is starting to build up and it's actually really selling well at the moment. Oh, that's I, I awesome. Not, I haven't played yeah. that Jetpack Jock game yet. No, me either. So I need to get get in on some of this. But I do want to, I'm going to get myself a copy of uh, Pump Kid. Again, I don't really have a way to put play a tape or load a tape to my VIC-20. But yeah. Just to have it and put it on the shelf. Like, I love that game. That would be awesome. No, and I've been playing it a ton. Of, on, on the little BMC64, I've been playing it. Yeah. It's, it's great. Wicked cool. Uh, so this is more of a question. Yeah. Um, uh, someone that we uh, interact with a bit on, on Twitter you know did one of these video game quizzes where they try to figure out what the best retro game of all time is or whatever and spoiler alert of course super mario world one <laughs> yeah it always does it always comes down to like which mario is the best um anyways he asked this one question for like one of the runner runner up categories and i was thinking about you specifically eric because these are two of your favorites they are and i was going to run it through you too tim but uh the question was bet which which game is better bubble bobble or streets of rage 2 yeah, and I would, I mean, I love both of these, and they both have great family memories, because I played Bubble Bubble with my wife, I played SOR2 with my son, um, but as a better, if I had to pick a better game, it would be Streets of Rage 2 on the Sega Genesis, really? for sure. Yeah. See, and that really surprises me, because I always hear about Bubble Bubble, and your wife came on the show yep. and talked about it. Yep. And to me, Streets of Rage 2 is, I mean, I like brawlers, but like once you play through it, you play through it. Yep. Where Bubble Bubble, well, I mean, I guess it's the same. It's but the same, yeah. I don't know there's an addictive quality where I just want to keep playing it. I don't care. See, about... I feel the same way about Streets of Rage, too. I okay. love playing that. The brawler aspect of it, 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 to me, it's the best brawler that is out there. So, gotcha. I love it. How about you, Tim? Um, I'm kind of like in, in between. I think from a nostalgia point of view, I think probably Bubble Bubble. Um, but I equally love the Streets of Rage games. Um, and Streets of Rage 2 is definitely one one that's up there. Um, if you have to push me, I'm probably going to go with Bubble Bubble. All right. All right. Interesting. And what Everything. about you? You didn't answer. Bubble did Bubble. Bubble Bubble? Well, I'm, I don't really have a good answer because I still haven't really... I've, oh, I've yeah. turned on Streets of Rage and like played the first level, but that's as far as I've gotten. So oh, I, I love it. It's I'm such bad. a great game. And I've played through Streets of Rage 2 so many times. I love it. Yeah. Bubble so, Bubble for the win. Exactly. Ah, bubble bubble. I lose. I just like saying bubble bubble. <laughs> I think this needs to be a sound a sound effect we take for the next show. Just remove all the vowels. <laughs> so the next one I won't I won't go on too long uh, because my segment um, was about my Eric's take segment was about building a BMC sixty four computer in a real Commodore shell. I took a VIC twenty. Uh, shell that I had that is in really good pristine yeah, shape. Yeah, it's beautiful. And uh, I have it right here, so Cody and Tim can both look at it. There you go. Um, well, jelly of that case. Yeah, and, and it's a. It's, and, we, and, and the reason I used it is that it was sitting in a closet, not being used a lot because the motherboard has some issues that was in there, uh, mainly video issues. Uh, so I decided just to take it out and put in a, a Raspberry Pi three. And put in a BMC64 header so that you can use real joysticks and a new power supply and all that. And popped them into the case. And I, I, I did my whole segment on that. So if you want to hear about the details, listen to that. And we also have a video um, 
companion to that now that is on the Amigos Gaming Retro Retro Gaming Network. See, it's hard to put in. Yeah, it, it, I don't it's know hard why. To say it. Uh, and so I put a video on there where I open it up. I show you how to put it, all the parts in. I show you all the screens. The beautiful thing about it is you can play all the Commodore 8-bit computers that were made. So Pet, That's cool, yeah. The PET, the Plus 4, the VIC-20, C64, the Commodore 128, both modes, all work perfectly on this. And I haven't run into anything that doesn't run well. So anyway. So a couple things that I'm going to do with that. I'm going to get one of these bare metals. I have okay. that big lot of Commodore stuff I got. Yeah. I've got a bunch of Commodores with boards that chips are gone and stuff. And Yeah. Um, that'd be perfect for this. As long as the keyboard works, you're in good shape and you have that panel with yeah. the joystick stuff on the side. It'll work perfectly. And it, and it, you, you do have to get that header, which was only about $44 on eBay. Mm-hmm. But it's just a P- PCB, so you could just get one made if you want to. But why? When it's already done, ready to go. Built up. I'm uh, not patient. But then the machine's almost like a Commodore 64 that has an H- HDMI port, which is pretty sweet. Well, and a VIC-20 and a 128, yep. which I don't have a 128. That's true. And so a plus four. Yep. Um, and a pet. Don't forget the pet. Oh, see, and I've never that's, even played a pet. a big space-saving thing, isn't it? It's not having to have one of those yeah. hulking great big pets around. And that's, that's one of the killer things for me, I think, because you can mount it in the Commodore 64 case and have the proper keyboard and all that sort of stuff. Not to mention there... Not to mention there are multiple models of the pet because I have a real pet, but it's the 2001 version. There's the 8032, the 4032. There's there's a tons of different pets, and you can emulate them all on this. Yeah, very cool. So the other thing I noticed too is I thought I had a square key keyboard. Yeah, and I do have some form of one because in my lot I had a Commodore 64 with one in it. Yeah, and I put it online. I said, "Hey, I've never seen a Commodore 64 with a square keyboard." Yeah, and someone wrote back. They're like, "Oh, it didn't come with one. That's probably from a VIC 20." So I thought I had one, but I'm looking at yours, and it's even cooler looking than mine. And didn't you have a name for that, uh, Tim? There was a name for the kind of one that's the, in between. The in between, I think, is known as the Euro keyboard or something along those lines. Okay. Um, but yeah, there, there's the proper square pet keys. And uh, again, Rod from Future was 8-Bit, he's got about five or six just laying around casually in in some of the rooms in the house. And he just will never let me have one of those. <laughs> will never part with one. It's really annoying. I just want one of the square keys, please. So, no. So I thought I felt really cool with my square keyboard. And now I find out it's the improper square key keyboard. It's so, a not not quite square. Good to know. It's, it's the not, tweeny. It's the tweeny of Vic Twenty keyboards. Tween. Oh, great, great! I've got a tweeny. That's what I'm the proud owner. I've got one as well, Cody. So don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> We're tweeny friends. Well. Is that a sound bite? Uh, over your shoulder there, uh, Tim, I see a box with lots of pictures on it. Yep, roughly over there. What is that exactly? It looks familiar. That is the Evercade. So I've finally become um, an Evercade owner. We are triplets. Um, I, yes, I went for the the bundle. So it's got um, a great big stack of games. So I've got the... Pico Interactive, the Mega Cat, Data East, Namco, Atari Collections, Namco Museum, the Technos Collection, Interplay, both of those. Um, and I'm waiting to get the Lynx Collections. Yes. Me too. And I probably will go for the Dizzy one, not actually to play it, but 
because of this <laughs> whole thing of that we we just want to collect them, don't we? We want to we want to get them all. I probably will do that too. And I've never really liked the Dizzy games that much, but I will probably get it if it's if it's available here. Yeah, I, I'll I'll talk to you guys more offline about this, but I'm trying to be a little tighter with my budget. Yeah, um, I'm definitely I've I've decided not to collect for okay. those things, but I do want the new games that are coming out for i do want the links collections because i don't have a link me either and i want to play them in a, in a very realistic way yeah but um i did find out now that uh finally here in america they are starting to receive the uh xeno crisis and tanglewood combo yeah and i'm that's getting that the one that i've got on order that's the other one i've got on order that should yeah. be available soon i thought it was yeah. going to be released in october or november yeah right? i think i think it's i have a date from from it Amazon. was released they had a first batch of stock and they went straight away so they've got another load of stock because that's the same with the Lynx collection. I think the Dizzy one, funnily enough, is still available. You can get those. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the Lynx collection and the uh, the Xeno, Xeno Crisis and Tanglewood one is sold out as well. So I'm, I'm waiting for those ones. Yeah, I, I, I can't remember if we talked about this in our last episode, Eric, but I just, I, I like... They put a, a thing out on the on the Twitter asking how people like the covers and collections and things, and I just re- I well, I would honestly rather have one game per cart. Yeah, like that's the way. Like I, as a collector or lover of games, I want to see like I mean I love their packaging, but for me it cheapens it when it's like here's a package with twenty games. There's two good ones and eighteen whatevers. And they're all shoved on this cart. Like I'd rather just have Xeno Crisis. Boom. See, I remember, I remember like uh, tapes and discs back in the day. Like back in way back in the day, they would have two games sometimes. So they would have a game on the front of the disc and a game on the back of the disc. See, that's cool. As well as the tape. So when I think about the cartridges like that, if it has two games or more, I'm okay with that. I, I'm totally okay with that. But I get what you're saying. Yeah. I, I you're I'd saying. rather buy one good game that's just well-packaged than a yeah. bunch of stuff um, that just kind of looks thrown together. But, because I know they've got a new indie collection coming in. Tim's holding up a uh, copy this, of... This is how they used to do it over here back in the day. So they used to do compilations. So this is a two-tape compilation. So it's got Fighter Pilot... Uh, Kung Fu Master, Rambo, and Ghostbusters, and it's called They Sold a Million Three. Um, so, obviously, those games sold a million copies, and they put them all on the compilation to sell some more. And the compilation is literally two tapes, one game per side, both shoved into a large... Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's yeah. cool. Um, moving forward, I get to show off again. I finally finished another game I've been playing for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, and uh, actually Boat from the Amigos kind of laughed about it, I uh, decided I wanted to play a Final Fantasy game since I've never played one. Yeah. And so I decided to play one. Mm-hmm. Ex- literally. I-, I decided to play Final Fantasy 1. <laughs> <laughs> Out of all the Final Fantasies that exist, I'm like, I'm going to play the first one. Even though I know it's... It's very rudimentary. Very kinda, rudimentary. Yeah. But luckily I did play it on the Game Boy Advance, which is like a 16-bit up Exactly. version and apparently they did change a lot of the uh, internal rules and things that were going on they smoothed it out so it wasn't so tedious to play yeah so boats like well i hope on that version they changed the fact that you had to grind for hours to get anywhere and you had to do all these i yeah. guess i guess if you used to attack yeah and uh you know you pick all four of your characters to attack different enemies if one of the enemies died before that character attacked it it would just not attack. Like, you just couldn't attack anything. Yeah. So they've changed that where now, yeah, it does go to another enemy, so you're attacking the wasted. Should. yeah. 
So I did play it. It was uh, fun to play the first one and kind of get a feel for where the series started, but in a comfortable way. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, it made the game rather, you know, for an RPG, rather short. Um, I don't think I ever hit a point where I was like, I need to grind to get past this. I actually think I was overpowered most of the time. So That's cool. I've never beat it. That's pretty but, cool. Um, that, that's, I, I think the only Final Fantasy game I've beaten is 7. And that was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. I use a strategy guide. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, with Tim's help, I found some great Amiga J CD32 compilation discs. Um, cool. So, one great thing about the 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 CD32 is that there have been a couple of of guys out there in the community that have put together these discs, which will contain multiple games, multiple CD32 games. Because a lot of these games are only you know a few megabytes in size, and now you have a CD, so you should be able to fit. You know, it's kind of a waste to put one game on it. Yeah. So. A couple of guys out there put together these menu systems and ways to put compilations like that. The first one I ever downloaded was called the Beer Compilation. Who was that by, Tim? Was that? That was by Iraq. Iraq. Iraq, yeah. And the Beer Compilation is fantastic. I mean, a lot of great games. But then I discovered Amiga J, and Tim helped me out find online because a lot of their websites were taken down or whatever. So I found through the archive.org, like the kind of a stash of the Amiga J compilation discs. And it's just a blast going through them, seeing all the games on there, nice and neat and organized. Um, in fact, I want to print out what's on each of those discs and put them in actual dual covers so that they look more official. Um, but those are, I've been just having a blast with those, and I thank Tim for helping me out with that. Yeah, well, those ones are good because those have got, those are complete on Amiga J because they've got all the sounds and everything. Yes. Whereas some of the ones Aerox got, and because he's comp- co- compressed it down so much. Yeah. Um, and there's varying, so some of them are CD32 games, some of them are Amiga games. Um, they don't necessarily have all like the, the, you know, the actual audio soundtracks and all that sort of stuff on there. That's what I like about the Amiga J ones that they've got all of that on there. Definitely. And I, like, I know that they would uh, modify the Amiga game so there would be, you could use the proper controller buttons and and the sounds like you're talking about. So, no, I've been having a blast with it, and I, I, I really want to get organized and have a complete set of his if I can find them all online. Yeah. 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 That's how I played Broadkill. Yep. That was cool. Uh, one of our listeners, Josh Malone, also known as 48K Ram, uh, bought one of the products I think I was talking about in a previous episode I was kind of curious about. Um, so you can kind of follow his progress, but he's basically purchased one of the arcade one-up control panels, yeah. which is basically like a little mame in a box okay. kind of a thing. Yeah. Anyways, he's he's uh, but it's not. It's got games built into it. Uh, so what he is trying to do is basically upgrade it and hack the thing and, and turn it into a full-on mame in the box. So if you want to follow him on Twitter and see what he's been doing with that, um, I think he's trying to put on put in like every device you can imagine and. So is that that's just a control panel, not a screen or anything like that. It's a right? control panel with an HDMI out, okay, and it has all the games built into it. It's one of those things, yeah. But it's from Arcade One Up, who makes really good little mini arcades. So, and I imagine it's pretty easily hacked to put in better controls and buttons. And he had uh, said on there he bought it because he heard good things about it and that it was, but he still ran into a bunch of stuff. Now, to either his credit or to make my point. He's trying to do things with it that I didn't even know you could do. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, maybe for a layman like me, like myself, um, it would be a, an easy to to do thing. But he's sitting in there trying. To, I I think specifically he was working on one game. Um, was it? Um, it was something with trackball, right? Missile command or something like that. Yeah, or, I think it was. I think you're right. And trying to get it to work correctly and just kind of fighting with the. I think settings it was something like that. Like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. But, 
So did Josh mod that up the wazoo? Yes, he it's, did. It sounds like he is straight up the I think wazoo. He, I think he is mid uh, <laughs> mid mid wazoo right now. <laughs> mid wazoo spelunking. <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, Danica. Um, breaking news, not so much. She finally got her Commodore sixty four set up in her bedroom, and she's been playing some Commodore sixty four games. Dad of the um, Year award, right there. Yeah, it's <laughs> beautiful. To, to be honest, it's actually one of my favorite spaces to go and play Commodore sixty four games. So <laughs> she's got a really nice um, bedroom set up. And Dad, get out of my room! Where's <laughs> my room again, <laughs> Dad? Jeez, she's got a really nice, uh, like proper CRT. TV hooked up with the Commodore 64, the one that I got for Christmas a few years ago. Um, and yeah, she's been playing games. Uh, we bitched one couple of she likes, Ghostbusters. Um, yeah. She enjoys that one. She, she normally sits and watch me play it, um, but she just likes the beginning bit where you can sit and press space the space bar at the beginning and it shouts Ghostbusters. <laughs> uh, fair enough. And uh, she likes um, actually likes loading games off of tape as well. Yeah, so I heard, <laughs> I heard about this. I, I, wanted, I, I just called you Dad of the Year, but I could also say you're the worst Dad of the Year because <laughs> I kind of want to go up to her and be like, hey, do you know that your dad works for a company that makes a device where you don't have to do all this and wait and flip tapes and get it wrong and try it again? And he just does not want you to have that. <laughs> well, <laughs> just no, to see no. what she says. Spoiler alert: She did eventually get an SD to IEC. Oh, she did. Okay, there. Um, so, your, so your dad of the year again. She's able to, you know, she's actually able to type in load, quote, star, comma, eight, comma, one, all that sort of stuff. Press return, run, select a game, load it up. So she's able to do that. But she just likes that whole experience. She likes actually waiting for the game to load. She's pro- yeah. proper old school blesser. The cool thing, um, one thing I thought about that was like when she has a gaming podcast when she's like 40, uh-huh, she'll uh-huh. be able to say, hey, back in the day, my computer was a Commodore 64. Yeah. People will be like, what? <laughs> what? You know, it's going to blow It's gonna blow mine. She'll be like, no, it's a successor to like the pet in the VIC-20. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and she, she started off in the right way because... Um, my first computer was a ZX, uh, ZX Spectrum. Ooh, Z. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and I, uh, 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 not long after that, wanted a Commodore 64 and got one. And, of course, she's just gone straight in with the cool kids and went straight in at Commodore 64. So. I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. So, anyway, yep, um, she's quite happy. She's got a Commodore 64 set up in her bedroom. Eric, so we uh, we briefly mentioned hotshot racing before what else have you been playing yep so hotshot racing if you like virtua racing like on sega it's a modern game that is on the switch i think it's on pc as well i think it's all the new yeah Yeah, um but it's a beautiful game i'm loving that game so much it's my go-to racing game these days um another game i got was a roguelike game uh called hades uh have any have either of you gotten into that at all or seen footage well you even let me play it when you came over yeah yeah and i've gotten further into it and i've gotten to the first boss and she's kicked my butt twice and so like my i think the next time i'll be strong enough because in the game you go back to the beginning but you don't lose everything you yeah you lose um i mean you still gain a lot of your abilities so you get stronger and stronger and stronger every time you die, and you die a lot. So I think the next time I go through, I'll be- beat the first boss, but I'm getting my money's at worth out of it. Cause yeah, see, I lo- really love that style of game. I enjoy playing it, but on paper, it sounds so patronizing. It's like... It does. No, there's no way for you to like beat the game until you die a whole bunch and just keep leveling up. Like The, the game-, game is made, like you will beat it, Yep. and we're going to beat it for you with you, 
and you're going to feel like you're accomplishing stuff, even though you know we're like doing this to you. Right. But it's still the, the one. Good, the one good thing about this game that makes that a little more entertaining is that the story in it is really good. It's about a guy who you you play the guy, and I can't remember his name right now, but he's he's one of the he's basically in Hades, and his mm-hmm. father is um is Hades. I guess is that is that his name? I don't know. But his father is the one in hell, like yeah. you know, and and he this kid is trying to escape, and the whole world is designed to keep him in prison there so i mean every time you go through it everybody you meet is trying to keep you from escaping so it but every way everybody you talk to in the game has a very interesting story um and you know me i'm not a fan of cuts a very short story yeah so <laughs> anyway, so that's cool then the next game i got was undertale which i've been hearing so much about and you know i tried this one a while back yep but i fell for this i got suckered into buying it it was on sale though so it was cheap yep but I hate it. It's a horrible game. I don't, I don't know why it. people so. I don't know why so many people like this game. It is not fun. There are a couple little fun mini game portions of it, but the game itself is just boring and not fun. I, I, I don't. Yeah, it's got I, that like really kind of on purpose ugly pixely yeah. like uh, look to it. And it's supposed to draw you in, like I thought it would. Like, hey, the gameplay here is so good that this doesn't matter, and the story right. is amazing, whatever. Which is legit. I mean, it's yeah. legit for other games, yeah. but this one, it's not legit. And, and I tried to play it about a year ago or whatever that was, and yeah, yep. same thing. I'm just like, I was like three hours in, I'm like, is like, when is it going like, to blow me away? When, when does the game start? And the funny thing is that there's a physical release on this. Now, I got the digital one for on sale, so it was really cheap. But I go to like you know Best Buy, and I see it, Undertale. It's like yeah. a physical release of this game. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, get I don't understand this game. Do you, have you played this, Tim? Nope. Don't. Sounds like I'm glad I'm glad <laughs> Yeah, avoid it. Don't get suckered by all... Because it gets rave reviews online. People, yeah, we, like we, the hipsters are like, oh, this is the best game. Yeah. I think we've talked about this before, and I think that younger ge- generation... Well, two things. I think there's a huge uh, swarm of games that came out that just kind of dealt with like depression and like personal issues and like finding out who you are. They really clicked with everybody to the point where like every game that did that had to get really high reviews. Yeah. Uh, I think this would be one of them. But then the other thing I just think is that the the younger generations like uh, are just really every games are based on the story not the gameplay like they they get higher rate ratings for the story and that might be this because the the story is is very in depth and like uh, or whatever but the gameplay I, is I couldn't pick up on the story I think it was too too <laughs> honestly I'll be honest like when I played Celeste yeah which is another story about that. Like I, I had to like go online to try to figure out what's going on story wise because it wasn't I wasn't understanding the metaphors and how this is supposed to be like a symbol for you feeling this way about this kind of thing. I'm like I don't follow it. So yeah. and I'm then not, the last I'm not the target I had audi- right. audience on that one. Sorry, I can't talk. No, so the last game I got uh, that I wanted to mention was uh, the I haven't played this yet. Uh, I've loaded it up once. Uh, Super Bomberman R. Uh, for the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, little Bomberman. And I love Bomberman games, but when this came out full price, I was like, I'm not buying it. It was 60 full- bucks. It was 60 bucks, and I was like, I'm not going to spend 60 bucks on a, on a Bomberman game, especially since I read it, and there, there wasn't... I mean, it, there, there are a lot of different modes, and a single-player mode now, and bosses and stuff that you fight, 
Um, so there is a lot unique, but I wasn't going to play pay full price. And even when I saw it out for like thirty bucks, I still passed. I was like, same no. here. So finally, I saw this brand new at Best Buy, twenty bucks, and I was oh, like, oh, I'd go buy that for that. And and you know, Bomberman's one of my greatest memories is playing Super Bomberman Two on the Super Nintendo with a multi tap with friends. It's one of the classic multiplayer local like couch kind of co-op games that you can play. I love it. So not co-op, but uh, multiplayer games. And when that game came out, yep. it was like right when the Switch came out, a lot yeah. of people were excited about it and it got terrible reviews. Like yeah. there wasn't much to it. Everyone didn't know what it was worth so much. It didn't play. There was like lag. It didn't play right. Things didn't do things right. So I'm sure as soon as you put that in, you'll yep. have to download an update. There was a very large update for it. And yeah. people love it now. So nope, it's for fan- 20 bucks, I'm, I'll go get that. For 20 bucks. And it is, it's a fun so far, I've played through level 1-8, so eight levels of Bomberman, and it's classic Bomberman, but night with a nice 3D, kind of 2.5D element. Um, so, that's it. Great game. Cool. So, Eric, you think that for $20, that would have been high praise? Yeah. High praise. High praise. Okay. Uh, Cody, what have you been doing? Something high... <laughs> Oh, what a nice transition. Just, I noticed you're doing a lot of transition work this time. Uh, Excellent. That's uh, uh, on par with what you've been working on lately here. I'm just trying to work in those segues. <laughs> so professional. Oh, yeah, there's um, <clears throat> uh, Hi-Fi, Tim, is what I was going to say. This is not really uh, retro game related, but it's retro related. Yeah. Uh, so I'll be quick about it. But a lot of the reason I haven't done a whole lot of retro lately um, is... I've gotten really into records, which we've been down that rabbit hole before. Um, so I went all out, and uh, long, long story short, I bought one of those Victorola all-in-one record players. Yeah. And loved the concept. It looked cool. Uh, had one speaker in it. didn't sound good. So yeah. I'm like, all right. So I went on Amazon and found these uh, list, watch reviews and stuff. But they have these little like Chinese amps for like 20 to $50. Tons of them. And I started watching videos, and people are driving like big loudspeakers with these things. Yeah. So I bought one for thirty bucks. Um, I had these old tower speakers. For, they're called Norman Laboratories. They're made in Oklahoma back in the seventies, and they also uh, people who know what they are because they weren't very popular were like, "Those are great speakers." So I actually completely redid the speakers, the surrounds on the speakers because they're you know they're gone. They had no pressure to push against. Yeah, redid the speakers hook those up and that thing cranks and i was stoked but then of course knowing me you got the fever i got the fever and i'm like well now i gotta get a classic vintage amp so i got this old kenwood uh amp uh receiver with the blue lights on the front and the whole thing and the all aluminum on the front and it's all pretty and i got a good deal on that and fixed it up and opened it up blew it out got deoxit clean things replaced a couple things uh and then i went a step further even and so now the Victorola I bought literally a month ago is complete. I sent my buddy's house. Yeah. Because I replaced every part of it. I just got a fancy uh, record player to go on top now. So I'm, I think I'm finally done with that. <laughs> yeah. So but the fun part now is I'm buying a ton of rep- records. A ton of records, looking at the art, playing. Because I, I yeah. love my record player, and I did the same thing. I bought the little portable one. I upgraded to a nice TAC. I put it through my Sony uh, home system, and... I, I love listening to records, but I don't get it because now with COVID, with everyone working at home and doing school from home, I don't. I used to just come home from work at like noon or two or whatever and listen till everybody came home. Now I don't get a chance to listen. I did that the other day. I cranked it up in the front room and I was rocking out, and my wife yelled at me from the other room. She's like, I just started a conference call. I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> Tim's got a, a record there with my name on it. Yeah. 
It's yours. It's, yeah, it's definitely <laughs> your one. It's Hoffman the Cave Sessions by the Retro Man Cave, who's yeah. a fellow Amigos Retro Gaming Network. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Buddy. Um, and yeah, he's uh, created this album with Hoffman, who is uh, an Amiga music legend. Um, it's a double vinyl. Uh, That's so cool. It's a limited edition. And um, yeah, it comes out uh, very nicely. Uh, so it's, it's got nice got, colored vinyl too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah got nice red colored vinyl. So uh, Neil did all the artwork for all this. Um, obviously, music's all done by Hoffman, um, but it's got one of my favourite tracks on there from um, the demo Eon. I don't know if you've seen that uh, by the Black Lotus. Uh, just it's a OCS Amiga OCS, so original chipset demo. Um, and you look at it and you just wouldn't think that would just run on a standard 512k Amiga. It's absolutely incredible. Um, and yeah, so they've done this. This is a limited edition. Um, so this one is 197 to 250. But I do believe that uh, Neil has just started a second pressing of this. So I think there are some. Oh, they're available again. Available. I might pick but, one of those up, especially now yeah. that I got my yeah, setup. It's really it would nice be quality, nice heavy vinyl. You know, pro- proper old school style, not that flimsy, flimsy stuff. It's you know really good stuff. I can. Thoroughly as, you, as you bang it into your desk. Oh, 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 crack. Now he's got to order a new one. I thought he was just I'm showing just us how... demonstrating yeah. how well the vinyl stands up. There you go, see? <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. So, oh, well, yeah, well, the next one's me anyway. So, um, yeah, oh, I finally got myself a little PAL, this time, D64. So the D64 is... Very visual again. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. One um, of those little uh, all-in-ones. Yeah. So it lo- essentially for um, for people listening, it looks like the Competition Pro joystick. Uh, very much very similar. Or even the one that comes with, as we mentioned earlier, the 64 and the 64 Mini. Yeah, it's got four um, buttons on the front of that thing too. Yeah. But the difference is, is this actually has a scaled down Commodore 64 inside of it. Really? Um, so this was done by Jerry Ellsworth. Um, you might have seen her with a Commodore 64 guitar pictures, maybe on, on Twitter before or something like that. But yeah, she completely designed all of this. Um, and yeah, it's, it's got some built in games on there and this one, you can actually take the guts out of this and expand it out. Um, and this was the beginnings of the future was eight bit. Oh, um, really? So, yep. So Rod actually, um, made the C64P, the portable little Commodore 64 laptop um, from the guts of this. So wow. yeah, I managed to finally get one of. I had a um, someone sold me on eBay a couple of months back um, one of these and said it was PAL um, and it turned out to be an NTSC one. So it has different games and it's not got the same in size. It was um, sort of like uh, redesigned for the, for the NTSC market. But yeah, managed to get one of those. Very cool. That is cool. I remember um, when those came out; they were pretty popular. That was before I think I was into this. Yeah, this, the Commodore sixty four as a yep. thing. Uh, real quick one from me. Uh, anytime I can get my girls to play games with me, I will. So it's funny on the PlayStation Network last month. Uh, they had a couple free games as they always do, and one of them was a game called Overcooked, which is a game I've been wanting to try for a long time. Anyways, yeah, and it's this hilarious game where uh, you up and up to 
three friends or family members in my case are little chefs and you're running around someone has to pull food out of the refrigerator and throw it on a board and somebody else can cut up it uh cut it up into pieces and you can throw it all into a pot and make a soup out of it or if there's a hamburger level you have to do buns and burger so you're running around this kitchen and orders are coming up at the top and you're trying to put all this stuff together and put it on the serving tray and then sometimes the dishes will come back dirty you got to take the dirty dishes to the sink and wash them so everyone's doing all these tasks all at once and you're yelling at each other and screaming at each other and just getting closer (laughs) Um, getting closer to their (laughs) conflict yeah so it's funny because it was free yeah, and my daughter, uh, my youngest one, Claire, and I let, clicked with it, and we just loved it. But I only have two of these controllers for my PlayStation Four, which are like sixty bucks each. So I'm like, I can't buy two more. That's 120 bucks. That's ridiculous. And I'm like, well, that would have been really fun. And then it dawned on me, like two days later, why don't I just buy it on the Switch for 20 bucks? Because that's how much the game is. So I did that, and now all four of us are playing on the Switch, and uh, we all hate and love each other equally. Yeah. So I, I suggest it. It's a great. It's a great fun time. <laughs> just, and, just on that, um, Danica's just got into Roblox. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My girls yeah. Uh, have been playing that last month, yeah, and they yeah, still are. Yeah, yeah. So she's she's just literally getting into that and playing that on her laptop, and uh, yeah, that's sucking more time away. Yeah, that, I'm telling. <laughs> I was going to say, did that become a problem? <laughs> Not yet. No, it's a, it's kind of a problem over here. My daughter is yeah, really yeah. into Roblox, and she spent money on it. Like whenever she gets a little bit of money, she'll spend a little money to yeah. get some. She used to. She doesn't do so do That's that good. much anymore. But and in the beginning, she did. But all of her friends that are you know because now it's all virtual school because of yep. COVID. But her friends after school, they all just jump online. And they play for a couple hours. That's, yeah, that's what our girls have been doing too. That's kind of cool. One thing I'm, I'm glad my daughters are learning little life lessons through that. So the other day, and I loved it, that it happened this way because we, I will not let them pay their money into that just because. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she had this like special creature, legendary whatever, and she was excited about it. And some guy offered. He's like, "Hey, I'll, uh, if you buy two hot dogs off me for forty bucks each, which is like a ton of money for a hot dog. I don't know." Yeah. He's like, I'll give you this thing. And so, and they didn't go through the official process. He just agreed. So she gave it to him or hit her. I don't know who it was, but gave it to her. And all of a sudden they were off the network. And I just heard my daughter like start bawling in the other room and freaking out. Yeah. And I'm like, life lesson. Like, yeah. there's a reason that we go through. So I'm just glad that happened in, in a fake virtual reality place where nothing real was lost rather than later on in life, you know? So that was kind of cool, but hard. Yeah. <laughs> Um, harsh harsh but fair right (laughs) yeah so the next one i got is uh because i built up this uh bmc 64 i i've never had a plus four so i started playing some games on the plus four and the ones that i so i just did a little research trying to find the best game best of breed for the plus four and the two games that came up were shouldn't have uh, taken long (laughs) exactly exactly it didn't, didn't take long but I found two games, Pets Rescue and Alpha Ray. Um, Pets Rescue is a very kind of Mario-style platforming game, but it looks really great for a machine like the Plus 4. Yeah. Um, it's a little choppy, a little clunky. I mean, not, definitely not as smooth as something like Sam's Journey on the Commodore 64. But it's yeah, definitely so it's a very it's, playable. It's a fair, fairly decent platformer, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's, it's a very decent one. The graphics look really good. I was pretty impressed by the sound. Um, and it plays perfectly on the BMC 64. So, um, I spent a little time on that. And the next one is called Alpha Ray. And that one is a, um, horizontal shoot 'em up. 
kind of like a Grady, Gradius style game. Again, yeah. a little clunky, but something pretty good that, I mean, for the plus four, it's actually a pretty decent um, shoot 'em up. Um, so I, I got to play those, and it, I loved it. They were they were both pretty good, and I, I'm pretty excited to dive a little bit. I know the plus four doesn't have the most robust library. Uh, but I'm I'm eager to because it's the one Commodore machine that I have I, that it's the the one Commodore eight bit machine that I lack. I, I've still never found a good one uh, that was in good shape at at a good price. And frankly, at this point, I'm not sure I'm ever I really need one. So um, no, no. Uh, to be fair, I mean, even if you do find one that's working, two weeks later it won't anyway because of the TED chip and the C in the CPU on it. So <laughs> and that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. Yeah. So I've avoided kind of grabbing one. Yeah. yeah, I mean they're, they're they're kind of like you know for the want of a better word sort of like you know uh, shelf queens for me. Um, I've got uh, I've got two plus fours and I've got the C sixteen. Um, but I, I did actually break out the C16, I think it was, to try and play that uh, Hoppit <laughs> game. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> with Tim. Um, and, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's difficult because you've just got to make sure that you get all your heat sinks on them and, uh, you know, uh, uh, treat them with care, those machines, because they are extremely fragile and they just go pop and it's difficult to get the stuff. I know people are starting to recreate things. Yeah, they're uh, remaking the TED chip. That's what I heard. That would be great. Well, it's funny you mentioned Alpha Ray and Pets Rescue because those are games I heard were the best. Yeah. So when I got my C64 or my (laughs) Plus 4, I was trying to figure out a way to play those and and, uh, I believe uh, a stock Plus 4 still couldn't do it. I think it had some some other things or am I thinking of a different one? I think you might be thinking of a different one. I had no problems on the base Plus 4 on the BMC 64. No problem running it. So I I think you'll be all right. It does seem like they're a little uh, finicky to get running though. So I mean the the disk emulation needs to be right or something like that. So anyway. Yeah. So I went and had a trip to uh, the Wild Beer Brewery. Yes. um, Which is actually not very far away from me. Um, How's your beer coming, by the way, since you're drinking it right now? All gone. Same here. um so yeah that was uh that was really good and i managed to pick up a few nice beers uh, nice and in typical tim fashion he's gonna like crouch over and hide behind a desk and pull some stuff out here he is so this is uh the 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 sequel to the beer that i've just drunk oh pogo (laughs) Pogo two or is that pogo Pogo squared. squared Yeah. yeah. Um, so that one is similar sort of thing uh, in a bigger can, and it's seven percent volume. So it's ooh. it's a bit it's a bit nuttier than so, the last one. Ooh, double. <laughs> and uh, this one is really nice, actually. I've had this one already, and it's uh, lemon pia. Um, oh, lem- I'm going to say lemon nipa. Lemon There you go. Lemon lemon pia sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> lemon pia. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, lemon It's lemon, citrus hops, and uh, for mixed fermentation, so it's a sour. Um, that, that I love really their hot. sours. They got a little. They got an extra bit of uh, a bite to their sours. I really like them. And there's two really special ones. So this one again is another sour, and this is in sort of like a wine bottle style. So you um, know it's good. Yeah. And this one is squashed grape. 
All right. So that, that one's really nice. And I actually tried that at the, um, at the brewery. Uh, they had that as a sample. So I tried that. That's really nice. And this one is Amused Cherry. I like cherry sours. They work really well. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I haven't had this one yet. This one was six pounds for one that that single small bottle. What? So you know it's good. Yeah. yeah. So that better be good for that price. Uh, so yeah. So that that was my trip to the Wild Beer Brewery, and uh, I shall be going again at some stage in the very near future. Eric, I think we need to drain our Patreon fund. Head over <laughs> exactly. to England <laughs> just to go to the Wild Beer Company with Tim because that would be a fun. Yeah, I would love to do that. Be a fun time. That would, that would be a cool trip out for sure. Cool. So the last thing I got here, and the, I think the last thing on catching up is I got Star Wars Squadrons, which I know this is a retro-inspired show. So this, looking at the footage of this online before I bought it. Um, it reminds me of X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, like the old school game. Uh, what was that on? Um, X-Wing versus TIE Well, DOS. It was, it was DOS, pretty much. DOS, yeah. Yeah, so it looked to me kind of like that. So I decided to pick it up, and I've played a little bit, probably a couple hours so far, and I've been playing through the single-player missions. I guess the, the fun thing about this game is the multiplayer, which I'm not sure to get. I haven't gotten into yet. But um, I picked this up and played it and so far i love it i mean the graphics are amazing in this game uh you basically are flying your little tie fighter or x-wing around these giant capital ships so you're flying in and out of little trenchways and and towers that are on these capital ships um it just a real visual feast i don't know if the game's gonna hold up as a great game per se but it looks cool as a visual feast it's 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 amazing so so, so is it a bit like um, the opening scene on, is it the, not Return of the Jedi, but um, the second from last one, uh, where they're sort of like going over the massive big base ship and they're trying to get down and um, uh, blow up the central the, core or something the, like the that? The trench Death run. Star. The Death Star? Yeah, yeah. the, the no, trench no, run. Not, not the Death Star. That's that's return, That's the first Star Wars, isn't it? But oh. um, yeah, it's, I think it was... Um, I can't remember the name of it now, but um, I watched it the other day, and that's it's more like where they're actually going over one of the ships, the big base stars. Is that, that like Rogue Squadron or uh, not? Not Rogue Squadron. I'm, uh... I haven't seen the new one, so I have no idea. Right, right, R- Rise of the Jedi or something like that. I'm oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's a bit like that. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of controlling large vehicles, I have one last thing here I didn't put on the list. But okay. I don't know if you can see this thing, Tim. Oh, man, look at this monster. <clears throat> um, so where you guys, get this? Have you is guys that heard? a monster joystick? <laughs> this is one big joystick. They're not attached. The yeah. attachments are over there, but this ribbon plugs in here. This ribbon plugs This becomes one huge command center. Wow. What you are... This thing is huge. Which, that is the... And it only works for one game, Eric. Is that mech? Flight simulator. Very, uh, Eric was close. Where's is the ding, ding, ding warrior? noise? Um... Steel Battalion, Steel Battalion yeah, on the yeah. Xbox from there it is from 2002. That is the Steel Battalion controller. The only reason I have that it's huge and it's got three sections. It's got like a slider over here and two handlebars and all kinds of buttons. These all work. Yeah, and sliders and I love this over here. There's a little uh, window you can flip up to hit the emergency button to like to eject, eject or something. I don't know. Yeah, because it says eject on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there you go. So this thing is intense um it is the reason i have it is i was buying something for my mg my my car from the local goodwill 
And so I saw this going for dirt cheap, and I'm like, I might as well buy it to resell it, because you guys know I'm saving up for something I've been saving up for a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, Ooh! So I got the thing for 26 bucks, and that thing regularly sells for like 200 bucks. But I wow. just thought you'd want to see this. It's huge. Have it's you, te- you, have, you haven't tested it. I, I have no way to. I don't have the game, but... Steel Battalion is on what? DOS or... Uh, Xbox from the original Xbox, from 2002. The original Xbox. Okay. Yep. It's an OG Xbox, is it? Like OG it? Xbox. But man, I mean, there's all kinds of sliders and... Sweet. I mean, I don't know. I just think it's cool that it exists. I'm not going to keep. I, there, I have no reason to keep it. But. I, I, I got to be honest. I love mech games. I mean, I've I've played Mech Warrior. I've played tabletop like BattleTech, like on uh, you know a board game kind of thing. Oh, yeah, tabletop yeah, yeah. game RPG. Yeah. I've played. Uh, I I love mech games. So this I you know this like if I had this I probably would I probably would keep it. Yeah, myself. it's cool. Well, so the only thing it doesn't have it did come with foot pedals three foot pedals oh and it, you know, so i don't have that so if you okay. actually get the whole thing with the foot pedals in the box it's like 500 bucks wow so this is just the top piece i mean they don't make this anymore so yeah um anyways it's crazy that is awesome yeah. that is the end yeah. of catching up cool. y'all sorry I, I put this huge thing in front of you and now i'm trying to like move <laughs> around maneuver um i think it is time for us to grab one more beer before we do our battle of okay the systems. let's do it do you have another one you have another one there, Tim? I have no more cold beer here at the moment. Uh, and, well, and no more cold beer in the house? No, it's this downstairs. So. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, no, and he said cold beer. He's in England. He's got tons of beers. Just they don't <laughs> cool it. Um, so we are drinking a very Halloween-themed beer this time, Eric. Yeah, you got to see this can, Tim. There's some great art. Oh, nice. <laughs> So this is from Rogue Brewing Company up in uh, Oregon. Yeah. They are known for their Dead Guy Ale. We've talked about them before. Yep. And it is a very colorful can. It is called Bat Squatch. <laughs> and there is a large, like, man-sized bat with wings with, like, a, a orange-eyed blank stare. And it is another Hazy India Pale Ale, Eric, because you know I love my hazies right now. Yep. It's that good Eric's picking stuff out of it. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell if that was from my hand, but there was like a fuzzball right on the top. That's how hazy it is. Exactly. I don't think that came in the beer. So, so anyways, uh, one more cheers, Eric, for cheers. some Bat Squatch. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Whee. Smells like a hazy. Mm. Smells like an IPA. All kinds of hazy and delicious. Go ahead and take a sip, and uh, we'll go ahead and rate this bad boy Have out. you had this one before? I actually did have one last night, okay. so okay. Uh, we'll rate this one out of, uh, oh, I, I know, out of 90 bat droppings. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Mm, delicious. Mm-hmm. Bat droppings. Um, so, to me, it's a hazy. Mm-hmm. It's kind of heavy on the... It's got a little tartness to it. Tart. Yeah, I was going to say tangy or tart. Yeah. Um, you can almost feel it between your teeth. It's almost gritty. Yeah. And uh, not my favorite hazy, to be honest. So it's not bad. It's not I mean, bad. It's, it's not bad at all. Um, so how many bat droppings? Um, Ninety. Ninety bat droppings. That's a lot. That's a lot of bat droppings. That's probably <laughs> that. Well, let's be honest. That's probably from like two bats. They, 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 <laughs> Those they, nasty little little creatures. <laughs> they drop a lot. Yeah. So would you say I want a wee bit of the creature? <laughs> yeah, I would say that. That is the creature. I'm going to give it a 65. I, 65? Which would be like a solid C. It is adequate. 
Yeah, I, I think I'm going to give it probably a 60. Although I'm going to give it... Okay. I'll, I'll, give, it I'll give it an A-plus for the can. The can is gorgeous. It is. I love the art on there. That is a great can. And this this brewery makes a great one. They have that hazel hazel um, hazelnut brown ale. Yeah. Yeah, that, I love a, that one. They have a number of good beers. Um, that's yeah. why I was kind of surprised this one wasn't amazing. But... Not bad. Gentlemen. All right. It is time for us to go ahead and battle a couple of games between systems. Battle of the systems. (laughs) And as we head on into winter here, although Eric and I are still, well, sweating, yeah, it is cooling down now. Well, a little bit now. Yeah, a little bit. Even a few days ago, we were in 90-degree weather. That's, so That's true. Um, <laughs> Jim's shaking his head over there as as rain <laughs> literally pours in. <laughs> um, so we uh, went ahead and went with one of Tim's suggestions here, which is a couple of snowboarding games, right, Tim? We did, yeah. So we went to battle Ripping Riders. That's Ripping Riders in English. Yep. (laughs) Cool Borders. What was the other bit? Cool Borders is what it was called over there, correct? Yeah, and I'll give a little, I'm going to give a little background on each of these before we do them. So so I'll talk about that. So we can just jump right into Ripping Riders. What was the other one, Tim, that you picked? Uh, SSX Tricky. Tricky! Which Tim has um, some experience with. Yeah. Which I actually uh, am looking forward to what Tim has to say about Tricky. But first, Tim will sing the entire song. Tim, go. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) It's Tricky. All right. Rip and Riders. So we're going to start with Rip and Riders. So Rip and Riders was developed by UEP Systems, but published by Sega, and that'll become important in a minute. All right. Um, It's part of the Cool Border series. Okay. But the reason here in North America that it was called Rip and Riders is that there was a conflict with Sony. Sony had the rights and the names to Those um, Cool Borders, so they decided that um, they didn't want uh, the Dreamcast, the, the offering on the Dreamcast to have the name Cool Borders, so that's why it's called Rip and Riders. But in Japan, it was called Cool Borders Burn. That's the and, one. Yeah, B-U-R-R-R-N, kind of weird. but And in Europe, it was called Snow Surfers. Um, the game was launched in Japan on August 26th, 1999, and in North America on November 10th, 1999. It is a single-player game. It has no multiplayer mode. Um, other than that... I mean that's the that those are the key facts about that game. Gotcha. There's and Tim, not an awful lot more facts about it, really, is it? It's pretty pretty thin on the ground. This one, I had a pretty tough time finding a lot of like SSX Tricky. I've got I could talk for a half an hour, which I won't, but I could talk for. I mean, it's a, that's a much more popular game. Spoiler alert, but very hard to find info on Cool Borders, which is odd because one of parts of my research was. Um, it is the only snowboarding game release on the Dreamcast that I could find. And I might be wrong on that, but it is the only one. Whereas the PS2 and GameCube had several snowboarding yeah. games well, on each platform. Games on those. But yeah, I, I don't think there's another one on the Dreamcast. Now, real quick. Um, maybe maybe they saw this one and thought, nah, maybe we won't do any more. Tim, can you see my screen? 
I can. Okay, I just want to make sure. And uh, Tim just held up his copy, his Dreamcast copy of Snow Surfers, since he is over there in the UK. Oh, that's right. So you got Snow Surfers, right, Tim? That's right, yep. I've okay. got Snow Surfers over here. Um, this is one uh, from my uh, when I used to have a shop years ago. Um, it's even got my original price tags. So you can see it was £40 at one stage, and then nobody wanted it, so I tried slashing it down to half price, £20, and still no one wanted it. So and so you own I it. Up, I ended up keeping it <laughs> all those years ago. That's hilarious. It does bother me that they're in different regions, and name games are named differently. Yeah. I think it's very confusing. It doesn't sit well with me, and I understand why they do it, but I, 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 I don't like it. It depends. Like yeah. It depends. I don't like it when they change things because they think America is like not going to like the name, so they think it needs to be more edgy or more like cool. Like the Genesis and the and, and the Mega stupid, Drive, yeah. Because I think the, I think Mega Drive's a better name, Mega Drive. But it was the Genesis here, which made no sense because it wasn't Sega's first offering. It was its like fifth. But anyways, yeah. Uh, Tim, tell us about this game in your words. Um, yeah, is right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Next game. <laughs> it's it's okay. I mean, it's you know, if if you really uh, back in the day, if you owned a Dreamcast and you wanted a snowboarding game, this was definitely the one to go for because <laughs> it's the only one. Correct. <laughs> um, yeah. There's uh, again similarities between this and SSX, I suppose, or most similar most style of games. You've got uh, different characters that you can select from. Each of those has different skill levels. Um, so some of them are better at um, you know uh, faster. Some of them are more stable. Uh, they have a different set of boards, um, different costumes, that sort of thing. Obviously, there are. Um, uh, lady characters gentleman characters um and uh, yeah so you can select those uh, there's different modes of gameplay um most of it is around obviously um s- snowboarding going down down the hill uh, trying to get down there in in uh, and beat the clock uh, so this one um unlike uh, ssx tricky this one is very much time based uh, the one thing that is quite annoying on this uh, compared to SSX Tricky is that when you are going down the mountain and you're performing tricks, none of those tricks actually score unless you get to the specific jump zones, uh, which is where you then actually um, perform your trick and you score for the trick. Um, starting out um, when you're actually... Uh, starting to play the game and starting to work your way into doing some of the tricks it's very frustrating because landing the tricks is a lot more difficult than uh, again on ssx tricky just doing that comparison between the two as we are um so i think it's a bit bit more difficult to really get into the flow of this game and that's very important on this style of game for me is that the game has to feel um, nice and slick and smooth and you've really got to get into that flow to to really sort of like um, get into the rhythm of performing those tricks and I think that's one thing that's really lacking with this game is that it's not quite uh, got that pace in the game um, I will say the graphics are really good though I mean the, the the quality of the graphics is at least as good as the SSX series um it, but I agree with you. It is. It it doesn't. It's kind of clunky compared to SSX Tricky to me. Yeah. Um, yeah the, I mean, 
the time limit wait, killed wait. it for me. I hate time limits, so I did not love the time limits. And and there is a weird like thing in this game that I noticed was that you could punch through things, which is like obstacles when they get in your way, you just punch through them, which is yeah. yeah it's actually another another challenge to the game is. Uh, it's one of these games where if you hold down a button, you kind of crouch, and you can't turn at that point. It's harder to turn, yeah. Yep, and you have to crouch and let the button go to jump. And like Eric said, if you press the uh, the top button of your four buttons, uh, you kind of put your hands in front of you, and you can hold your hands out and magically just bust through rocks like we just saw right <laughs> yeah. there. So you are you are yoked. And rock, I'm just going to go, I'm going to hold my hand up, and this rock yep. is going to go splash. I will choose to go through this rock. Which, I mean, neither of these games are what I would call realistic, but at least, no. but, but punching through a solid boulder in front of you... That's a little. That's it's, a. That's a bridge too far for me. It, well, it's an arcade game. It's <laughs> right, right, so I, right. But at least they, they. What I like about it is they turned it into an element. That's true. Which is you press right. the button and you prepare for it, and you can like find paths that you otherwise wouldn't find by knowing. All right, I'll go towards here and then break through. That's it. true. That's true. If you don't hold that button, you're gonna. You're gonna. You're gonna splat. Yeah, you're, um, you're on straight. You wipe out straight away, don't you? Yep. Yep. So, like like you said, Tim, this game is very much more of a racing game, trying to get down the hill. Yeah. Um, trying to hit check mark. It almost has more to, more in common with, like, OutRun, where you're trying to get to the next checkpoint than it does with, like, X- SSX Tricky, which is probably more close to, like, a Tony Hawk kind of or game. Or scoring. It's like you want to get the big, yeah. fat, big fat score, whereas you this one, there is a scoring one, but you have to hit checkpoints, meaning you, you can't diddle around. you got to go. Yeah. So, where I differ, I agree with everything you guys said. Where I differ is... I grew up playing, uh, the first snowboarding game that I played was on the Nintendo 64, and that's 1080 snowboarding, Yeah, which is very similar to this game. I, in fact, I, I wouldn't be surprised if people worked on both games. Okay. Um, and it was very much get down the hill and, and race people and get a, get a good time. Um, I gravitated towards this one because I actually, the tricks were almost impossible. I mean, I, I could not get a hang on it. So I just gave up early and just said, you know, I'm just literally going to go down the hill as fast as I can and try to unlock everything. Okay. And I had a great time doing that. I really liked the levels were nice and long. Okay. They were very different. Um, The first level is kind of like just going down this like hillside and there's like farm animals and stuff that get in your way. Uh, Later on the game, you're going through these like crystally icy caves and things with with, uh, frozen water, which is cool. There's a level where there's... uh, dinosaur bones in the sticking out of the ground that you're you can like grind up these dinosaur bones and things um lots of like different paths you can take secrets you can take shortcuts you can try to take um i actually really enjoyed playing this once i stopped trying to do the tricks <laughs> right and i just played it as a racing game sure um and if that was it if that was the game then i think that it would kind of uh be a stellar racing snowboarding game yep yep i would say another downside if, uh, if you guys notice this is it's got that problem that a lot of games not a lot but some games have where the um commenter likes to say things yeah <laughs> and if you like do thing, even if it's not an exciting thing like you'll be in the middle of doing nothing and it'll be like nice job oh you ruined that good gotta do better like all these things right in a row and you're just like dude shut up <laughs> um and if you're not doing well, he will continue to be like, "What's the matter with you?" Like, just sit there and like chastise you, which isn't wasn't it? It's not a great time. Um, but I thought it was pretty okay. Yeah, which isn't a, a, a blaring recommendation, but I really enjoyed my time with it, to be honest. And uh, I know we're about to get to tricky, but I 
I didn't get a lot of time to play. I didn't give myself a lot of time because I was too busy looking up record players. Right, right. But I put, <laughs> I probably put five or six hours into this one, and I only got to put like a couple hours into Tricky. So, okay. So, do we want to let's let's rank this one then? So, what would we rank this out of? Tim, it's your genre. Um, out of. Uh, Forty fakies. There you go. Forty fakies. So we're gonna rate this out of forty fakies. Okay. So go ahead, Tim. Why don't you go first? Um, I'm gonna go with uh, twenty-seven. Eric, I'm gonna say twenty-five. Wow. I'm gonna go thirty-one. Thirty-one. Okay. So let's see what. So in general, because I do have some of the uh, reviews on here. In general, I'd say this ranked about 70% if I looked at all the averages. Um, like uh, Edge Magazine gave this 5 out of 10. Um, Game Informer gave it 7 out of 10. Game Fan, 64%. Game Sp- GameSpot, 6.5 out of 10. IGN, 7.3 out of 10. So it's kind of all over the board, but I'd say it's probably roughly around 70%. A, low, a C minus. Yeah, that's what I'd say. All right. All right, so we're going to move on to SSX The competition. Tricky. Yeah. It's tricky. Uh, uh, it's tricky. So, so come on, then. You all know, kind of, I, I like this game, so let's hear Cody first. Well, we're going to hear Eric's got some details. Let for me us. give you some details. Some the, the developer for SSX Tricky was EA Canada. The publisher was EA Sports Big. Do you remember that? Big. Big. Uh, the ser- it was a series of games called SSX. Um, it came out on PlayStation 2, GameCube, Xbox, and Game Boy Advance. So quite a few systems. It uh, launched in North America on November 5th, 2001. In Europe on November 30th, 2001. Um, that was on PlayStation 2, which was the de facto game that we decided that we were going to play this on. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Uh, SSX Tricky, uh, it's the second game in the series. Of course, there was SSX. This is SSX Tricky is the second game in that series. Um, just one more thing here. It is. It has a single-player and multiplayer mode, unlike the other game, Rippin' Riders. So anyway, that's that. So what does the SSX stand for? I have no idea. I don't have it's that data. It's super, super extreme Tricky. Is that? Is that- I, I'm making that up. Oh, I don't. I have no idea what that technically means. So, caveat up front, I tried to load this thing for much longer than I actually was able to play this thing. Okay. Um, you hooked me up with that Mick boot. Yep. For my PS2. Yep. I tried burning this game. I tried doing the USB method. I tried all kinds of things. Eventually, I'm like, I need to actually play the game. I'm going to give up. And so, I loaded it onto my little SD card for my GameCube. So, I did play the GameCube version of this game. Okay. Just so I could darn well play it before you record it here so that being said i would say this game uh like you said is uh a completely different vibe which is almost tony hawk meets road rash sure it's more about going down the hill uh trying to get crazy points while punching other drivers uh, riders in the face yeah the rubber banding is very strong when you're going down like if you fall and like just lollygag for a little bit and you just try to go fast all of a sudden for like five, ten seconds, you'll catch up to everybody magically. Okay. Um, not sure how that's programmed in there, but it is. 
Uh, music is better. <laughs> music obviously is it's known for getting that that uh, tricky song from uh, is, is that Run DMC? Who is that? That is yeah. Run DMC. Yeah, called It's Tricky. Oh, okay, thank you. The song Eric. name is It's Tricky. <laughs> it's tricky. You can't like say that without going. It's tricky. You got to go up. <laughs> That's right. Um, and I am not going to lie. I still, oh, it's probably because I didn't give enough time. I still didn't find a way to get really good at the tricks. Yeah, right. So on both games, I never, and I know that is the point of this game. Yeah, this game, it's definitely hard to, and I, I know Tim's played this a lot more, so I do want to hear Tim's take on this because uh, I know he he has played this game probably more than both of us combined. Um, I found it hard at first to find the right timing to jump off the ramps to get the most air. And, yeah. and, and, it's, and that is key because you have to do a bunch of tricks while you're in the air and then you have to land them. So the two most important elements are are getting air off the ramp, which you have to hit a button to do that at the right time. And then the second one is landing it. If you don't land it, you don't get the points for that trick. And you can chain tricks together. And it took me... So I, I have to admit, I only played about three or four hours of this game. But it took me a good hour and a half before I got the timing down correctly for landing tricks. Once I did, it, I was starting to chain things and getting my tricky meter up so that I could perform the Uber tricks, which is what they're called. Uber tricks. Um, so anyway, I want to hear what Tim's got to say. Yeah, all that. <laughs> and a bag of chips. All crisps. That and a bag of chips. They're called crisps, crisps over there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, going back to what you say there, timing off of the ramps um, and the jumps is absolutely crucial. Um, what I will say is the landing of the tricks is not so easy when you start out, um, obviously. Uh, but as you work your way through the game and your character levels up and you get different boards, you get the um, better skilled boards and you're able to land those tricks um, a lot easier if you see what i mean i didn't um, know i didn't know that at all i didn't know yeah. i i used the same board throughout the thing so that was probably one yeah. of my big problems <laughs> no, one, one of the one of the really big things on the game dynamic is obviously leveling up and getting those different boards um and that makes you go faster down the hill um you've also got the short boards and the long boards um so the long boards are better when you're um racing because you can get more speed up on the long boards but short boards are better for tricks. Um, so, uh, we, you know, we're, we're watching a video there. Um, so uh, it's it's essential when you get off the get off the ramp, you literally sort of like you time the jump uh, pretty much as you're just about to, you're about halfway up the jump. If you time it correctly on that and you've, you know, you've um, pre-built up your your jump power by pressing x i think it is as you um as you approach the jump the further away from the jump that you can line it up and hold down for longer the more power you'll get off of the jump as well okay um so that's that's an interesting um bit of it the i think one of the main things with this game is it's like i said is the flow in between the jumps because you've got um kind of more to fill those empty gaps where you're just sort of like uh, you know just riding down the hill or something like that um the the important thing to do with this is on ssx tricky because tricks equals boost you've got to try and keep performing tricks in between the jumps 
to okay. get more points, but also to build up that boost. When you build your boost up, um, you get to um, uh, use the boost to go faster down the mountain. Therefore, you get more speed off the jumps. You're higher. You can perform more trips, more combos, can get you, more score. Can you punch more people in the face? Exactly, yes. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so I mean, I th- I think with with this game, obviously, you know, I, I'm I'm pretty biased on this because I've I've played this game an absolute metric ton. Um, I absolutely love it. Uh, it's one of one of my all time favorite games. Um, but you know, some some of the things that you say there are fair because obviously, you know, I spent a fair amount of time on this game building it up, um, and I, I couldn't th- I couldn't begin to think of how many hours I've put into this game. So to get it to that place where for me i can just pick it up and you know within sort of like three or four goes i was you know back into the timing um and you know performing similar sort of levels of tricks that's fine he was just showing on that screen um so yeah so so for me I, i guess it's it's probably not necessarily a fair contest um but it's just one of those games that i just absolutely love um and really enjoy playing two things of note for me one, we said the first game it was ridiculous and unrealistic that you can break through rocks. Yeah. This game, <laughs> while you have a snowboard strapped to your feet, you can do kick flips and like ro- like take the board off your feet and throw it around your neck a bunch of times Absolutely. and throw it back in your feet as if nothing was wrong. You've never done that? Uh, well, You've never done that, Cody? Come I can, on. I can do it two or three times in a row. <laughs> right. This is five or six, yeah. and that's crazy. Um, so, I the game, I also would say... And this is me, uh, you know, trying to play devil's advocate to a point. I would say the levels are more interesting on on uh, Rip and Riders. Yeah, I think they get a little more creative, and the environments feel a little bit more unique. And you feel like you're there, like you kind of have this lonely feeling though, because you're by yourself. It's kind of this cool right. thing. But I can tell this game has a lot more to, to bite into. I played the other game for six hours, and I don't think there was all that much more for me to dig into. Yeah, was, it's it's not as deep. Like, there's not as many little uh, customization elements. There's not as much uh, upgrading to do to get yeah. things that are better. This this game definitely has a lot more of that. And I got to tell you, the lack of a timer made you want to experiment <laughs> with. Well, I'm just saying, the lack of a timer made you want to experiment with exploration a lot more. It made you want gotcha. to like, you know, I wanted to do runs multiple times to see if I could hit that one ramp to get more tricks in. I wasn't constantly worried I was going to make a checkpoint, and that to me makes a big difference in a game. Yep, cool. Yeah. I mean, there, there is there is a there is a timer, but I think the timer is is a lot less harsh on this game. Um, and obviously, if you play it in free ride, then there is no timer. You're just literally just going down the mountain and just tearing it up and doing what you can. Um, but one thing I will say, Cody, is I don't know how many levels that you unlocked or went through on it, um, but I. I you know knowing what i know about the game if you played like elysium alps or something like that you know that that gate that level is just so massive um and there's just so much to it there's i mean i probably haven't found all the hidden bits and pieces in in elysium alps um and it's very very open and you can explore around it it's a great one to do free ride actually um but but yeah i i i kind of take your point i understand what you're saying um but you know for me this is definitely the winner cool so out of 90 dogs or bat droppings wait no we we changed that <laughs> we changed that <laughs> what was the what was our rating 40 it was out of 40 40, uh, 40 i'll go ahead and throw mine down because i think it's going to be the lowest because i 
and it, it and all you know up front i didn't play enough of the game to really get into it so yeah i wouldn't use mine as a really good litmus test but i'll give it a 33 i can tell it's better than the other game i can't quite tell how much better i know it is um honestly i preferred the other game in the short burst i was able to play but i think i do need to get back into this one and i have a feeling this could could uh be the tony hawk of snowboarding games for me if i if i learn it yeah, and, and if you don't mind, if I could go next, because I'm going to roll that right into that Tony Hawk, Hawk comment. Being a big Tony Hawk fan, which I am, I yeah. those are some of my favorite games of all time. Snowboarding is hard to snap into after playing those kind of games, and so I'm probably going to rate that on a rate these snowboarding games on a curve because I compare them to that, and maybe I shouldn't, but um, I, I I I definitely like SSX Tricky better than Cool. Cool borders burn. Ripping riders. Ripping riders. Um, so I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna give it a 32 out of 40. Tim, come on, give it to us. Okay. Well, I, I'm gonna go. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say this game is perfect. SSX Tricky is not perfect. It has its it has its things. Um, but I, I'm gonna go with 38. 38. I would expect right nothing less. Yep, and so let me tell you what other people thought here to compare what we gave it to. I'm gonna, and I'm going to do the PS2 version here. Edge Magazine gave it 7 out of 10. Eurogamer, 9 out of 10. Game Informer, 9 out of 10. GameZone, 9 out of 10. IGN, 9.4 out of 10. For an overall aggregate score, it was around 92. So, yeah, I mean, it was high. a very highly rated game in its time. And I would say I played the GameCube version, which, if you look at those ratings, I don't know if you have them there, but yep, it's, it actually rated a little, like a point lower. So, the aggregate scores were 87 out of yeah. 100. So, it, 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 it went And then you look at the GBA version. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a completely different game. It's like 66. Yeah. So. Um, Where's your button there, Tim? (laughs) That's it. So So the winner of this battle of the systems is SSX Tricky. Snowriders! (laughs) Snowriders. (laughs) Cool borders burn! Snow borders SSX burn! Who knows what the name of it is this week? SSX Tricky. Well done, sir. Yeah. Uh, there are a number of SSX Tricky games, and they are all highly rated, by the way. So oh, lots of them. We're looking at yeah. some of the newer ones here. Tim, have you tried any of the other ones? Um, I have. Look at look how ridiculous this trick is. Yeah. yeah there's, there's not... <laughs> I have SSX 3 on the PS3, I think it is. Okay. Um, and that's, that's as far as I go. But the problem is, is my PS3... Um, is one is like day of release and that plays the PS2 stuff. Okay. Um, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I I can remember get getting SSX3 and playing that, and I thought oh, I just want to go back to Tricky now, so I ended up playing Tricky on the PS3. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's funny. That jump yeah. was like literally a 40-second long jump. He's what? just flipping around going nuts. It looked to me like on that video that they needed like a parachute to really land that and survive. Yeah. <laughs> or a rock to bust through. Yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. It's, it's, it's so realistic, isn't it? It really is. Exactly. <laughs> well, that is, for the most part, a show. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank you all for listening. Um, go ahead and hop on the future was com. pick up some of those new items those Definitely. are very uh, Halloween inspired and, and cool and go to the Brewing Academy and the Brewing Academy where my buddy Marlon is waiting for your orders um, do we have anything else to say before we go final thoughts things we're looking forward to 
maybe everyone should perhaps pop over to the Amigos Retro Gaming Network and check out um, uh, the other the other guys. So there's obviously Flack, uh, who uh, is does the amazing Sprite Castle, so reviews Commodore 64 games. So I'd really recommend that one. Um, and uh, there's the new podcast. I can't remember the name of it now. Is is it um, the new news one with yes. Neil and Neil Boat? and Boat? Yeah, Absolutely. Like this, this week in retro. This week in retro. That's the That's one. It. This week in retro. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, you should check out ARG Presents, especially. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Especially Cody that they did a ZX eighty one episode they, yeah, yeah, recently, yeah. and they played they two did. games. Yeah. They yeah. they played two games which I said were actually really fun to play. I haven't gotten to it to that to that yet, but but, um, but those two games you should play. One of them looks really good. I'll spoiler alert. One of them looks great. So, so I, I'm not going to be able to do a whole lot of retro before before the next episode. Unfortunately, I have a very exciting thing which uh, is not retro related, which I'll tell you guys off the air. Uh, but vasectomy. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like fun. <laughs> snip, snip. Wow, though. Holy. <laughs> I got to get my record sound. All right, guys. <laughs> well, we're going to figure out what the uh, battle is next uh, month and uh, what our six good se- game segment will be. Yep. Something uh, maybe pilgrim themed. I don't know. I, I got an idea. I'll tell you off air. Ah, sounds good. Okay. Until then, guys, I want to say happy Halloween to y'all. <laughs> and also. <gasps> It's dangerous, dangerous to, go to go alone. Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at the project. That's D-U-H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball49. That's O-D-D-B-A-1-1-4-9. Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com.